Welcome everyone to Papa Spice's Hot Takes with Hans and Harry. How is everyone out there in internet land doing? We hope you are doing well. I am your host with the most Papa Spice. I am joined by two of my very best buds in the whole wide world. And that's <laughs> Harry and Hans. And we like to chop it up and chat it up about all things entertainment related. But uh, we like to focus in on movies and TV. Boys, how y'all doing tonight? Hans, how about you? Good. Football season's over, so my my, my heartbreaking. Uh, this is like uh, it's a hard time for me to to deal with. Like now, it's just waiting for baseball, uh, and uh, I'm just you know ready to get my hopes up and then just get crushed again. So um, yeah, I it, it this is it's weird because there's like nothing going on in Philadelphia sports right now because the All Star NBA All Star breaks going on, and I just have nothing to let me down. Um, outside of that, uh, I've uh, yeah, movie wise and just and pop culture wise. Um, we got some got some fun stuff we're going to talk about in the news. I'm I'm actually pretty excited. Um, just started rewatching a uh, little hint of what's coming. Uh, X Men the animated series from the '90s. Um, Oi. but uh, yeah, I, I I someone did the math for me. It's about 27 hours just to knock it out between uh now and March 20th. So I'm about halfway through first season, but that's been that's been taking up a little bit of my time because. Uh, I didn't even realize there were five seasons of the show until I started it. Mm-hmm. Did you already do uh, Cold Comfort? No. I love that episode. That's where uh, Wolverine and Sabretooth are in Alaska. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, no. I I just wa- – I, okay, yeah. I just – that was the last one I watched. I'm sorry. I it, love It's that so one. funny with, like, my, my memory of, like, being a, a child on Saturday mornings and watching X-Men is, like – I didn't realize a lot of the stuff that I remember is from the first season, like a lot of the bigger events. And I didn't, I don't think I remember anything that happens from like season three on or any of the storylines, just a lot of the main stuff. Um, or at least a lot of the events that I remember are from what I've already seen. So um, it's going to be fun because I don't remember anything at all. So yeah, it'll be just <laughs> like the first time. Well, yes. Welcome back. And nice to meet you. Uh, Harry, how are you doing, pal? I am doing lovely. I can't complain. Um, no, no issues here. Um, I am currently in wrapping up uh, True Detective. The last episode just premiered. I'm going to watch it tonight after we pod. Um, and yeah, no, I'm doing well. I'm excited to talk about our topic tonight. I thought this was a, a fun one. Um, I uh, my taste in movies, I, I felt like uh, was strong, but I, I see I, I like some lovable losers. Uh, here that's uh, just like my wife, that's why she married me. Hey, zinger. Um, <laughs> I thought you were calling her a lovable. I, I was, I was like, gonna, Whoa. but I felt like that was dangerous. <laughs> and um, no, I mean, we, we all hung out uh, recently this past Friday. We went to a nice comedy show, saw Colin Joe's uh, at Parks Casino in Ben Salem. Um, and that it was, was a fun time, but sure, whatever, man. Come on, give me a break. It was a long, it was a four day weekend. It was a four day weekend, uh, you know, for for some of us, five days if uh, if you count yours. So must be nice. Um, so it was a long weekend, uh, but yeah, it was good to good to catch up, have some good food, uh, chat with the with the wives, uh, and yeah, it was a good time all in all um, with it. So yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. The comedy show was fun. I had a, a good time. I'm glad you guys did too. It was nice to get the uh the show and the show fam out <laughs> hey uh, i feel like we don't get enough 
opportunities to do it. So it was it was pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, not too much going on with me. I uh, I've been continuing my sojourn down the ninety day fiance rabbit hole. So I'm on like season five or six now. I think out of how many are there? I don't even know how. I don't know, bro. Well, I think I think there's like maybe twelve currently, but there's like a ton of spinoffs, and I'm not even gonna bother diving into those. Well, I know but there's like, like after the ninety day and, and all oh that yeah, stuff. and like yeah, there's like yeah, there's there's so many. Like some of them got their own like some of the couples got their own actual shows and then there's like the after the 90 days like you mentioned and like catching up and like all these other things i'm like yeah too much like i don't need I, to do that i gotta be honest papa i'm uh, i'm pretty happy when you don't uh discuss this uh with me because i don't care so um <laughs> i'm telling you if you, if you watched it, for the it pod. yeah if i know you it, you'd get hooked <laughs> it would be uh maybe a guilty pleasure who knows yeah <laughs> Potentially. Um, um, I, oh, did you get to the the one guy, the the, the heavier set guy who's like sweating all the time? Um, the guy I don't with know no neck. Ed. Yeah, Ed. No, yeah. I haven't got to him yet. I I feel like he's gonna be on the next season, but I'm anxiously awaiting it because I've I've heard he's a mess. <laughs> um, and then yeah, movie stuff recently uh, kind of upped my numbers a little bit because last night I went and saw the Oscar nominated animated shorts and live action shorts and uh i saw those in the theater but the good news is um i'd say the majority of those are available um to either stream or rent at home um gotta say uh two two of them to be on the lookout for live action wise uh the after starring david ayelowo um that is on netflix streaming absolutely fantastic and heartbreaking and um red white and blue is the other live action animated short that was just tremendous uh i believe that's available to rent maybe on vimeo for a couple bucks but i think the oscar race is going to come down to those two for that particular category but uh honestly all of the nominees um were pretty on point there wasn't a single one that i was really disappointed with so Highly recommend checking those out if you have the chance. Um, Hans, do you want to say something? I I do not want to say anything. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Wow. If you're making like you had something, if I'm making funny noises, I'm sorry. My uh, my neighbor's out back sawing something with a, a circular saw. Um, and it's nice. Eight forty nine p.m. Nice. <laughs> uh, they usually this is early for them, so uh, yeah, it's weird. I don't know what. I don't know what they're okay. building. Nothing. No, nothing's getting added to that house. Well, you know what? I mean, chainsaws aside, uh, we got our man on the street ready with some hot, fresh news. That's right. I'm talking about the one. I'm talking about the only. Talk about Chris Fresh news. 
Sorry, I had to get something to drink and I had to run across the basement. Sorry. Wow. What impeccable <laughs> timing. You almost made it. Sorry. I know. I looked to see how far I had it and I realized the music oh, cut man. out. Oh, man. You so. look like you were coming head first at that computer. For <laughs> <half a> <laughs> we, honestly, we honestly play the theme song just because Chris tries to time in uh, a chore or a drink run in between. And uh, I know. I look behind and make... I'm like, I got it. I got not, about seven seconds. Time, and. I got wait. I, I I had seven seconds, and I waited two seconds to decide what I was going to do. So I really had five. Um, yeah, I just yeah. Um, all right. So uh, we'll we'll start with some box office stuff. Um, so the the moment has come. Um, I'm not talking about Dune two being released and and possibly crushing um, any box office records, but we got Madam Web had come out, and uh, it was not number one. It was uh, number two, uh, number one was Bob Marley, One Love, with $28.7 million, which I uh, believe was the, the bio- Bob Marley biography. Um, mm-hmm. I did. I honestly, this came like the Marley family. This flew very, like, low under the radar for me. I didn't even realize this was, I knew it was in the, I knew it was coming out, but I didn't know it was, it was coming out so soon. Um, you know what? So I, I shook my head there for half a second because if you go to the theater with any regularity, which I'm now realizing you don't, that trailer is on GD everything. Yes. <laughs> so, so I didn't even had you know. Had gone to the movies more, you would be very aware of it. <laughs> I don't know. I guess it was the Golden Globes because the last award show I watched is where they had the like the family, the Marley family was there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I knew it was being made. I just didn't know it was coming out so soon. So uh, yeah, that was number one with $28.7 million. And right. number two, Madam Web with an astounding record breaking and not in a good way 15.3 million dollars which uh this is the lowest lowest weekend uh based on a marvel property uh that includes like mcu sony uh so yeah 15.2 million dollars uh from what i i had read uh some of the studio, some of the uh, theaters could see the numbers drop before the movie actually got released uh, for any pre-sales. So that's uh, yeah. There's there's that. Uh, no Insert one. I, one of my all-time favorite gifts of Jerry Seinfeld. Just saying, that's a shame. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I haven't heard one person say anything positive about this uh, outside of trolling on Twitter or X, whatever it's called. Dakota um, Johnson doesn't even have anything positive to say about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, and apparently um, the Sony decided to lie to its its uh, cast and tell them they were going to be part of the MCU, and uh, no one has told Sidney Sweeney yet. So, I don't think they lied. I think that's just actors uh, and actresses yeah. not hey. knowing what they're diving into. I wouldn't. Oh, a I comic wouldn't. book movie? <laughs> I wouldn't put it past Sony, but uh, <laughs> but the more important thing is that we um, it's here. It came, and we are probably never going to see another Madam Web movie ever again. Um, yeah, so uh, 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 not good record breaking. Fifteen point three million. Number three was Argyle at four point nine million. Uh, number four is Migration at three point eight million. Um, this movie I, I saw somewhere over the weekend. I believe it's up to domestically like 116 million dollars and 140 or um 256 international, which is this was another one that came. I didn't know anything about it, and it's not bad for uh, a dream. Where I think it's Illuminations movie that just kind of came and clean it up. Um, 
and then number five is uh, The Chosen season four, episodes four through six. Uh, two weeks ago when we covered uh, The Chosen uh, season four, episodes one through three, it was, I think, number two or three. I don't care that much. But uh, it's good to see they waited to release four through six. Yeah, so it's now uh, top five um, with uh, a fifth of Madam Web's box office. Uh, yeah, so Harry, you were the one that that jumped in front of that bullet, uh, that jumped in front of the Madam Web bullet. Let's just, what do you got? How was it? Yeah, you know when your boys leave you behind. Yeah, I mean, Greg, <laughs> great point, Greg. Uh, referring to our friend Dominic, uh, former uh, guest on the show, uh, fell asleep and missed uh, the show. <laughs> so he was not in attendance, even though uh, he was 50% of the reason I was going there to see the movie. Um, you know, he was because... close enough that he could have made it on time if you let him know yeah, that you were listen, going. I, Honestly, I gotta... that's a killer prank. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> not bad. Good. Yeah. yeah. Now he was uh, disappointed because he was like, "How am I going to see this movie? No one else I know wants to see it. Uh, I guess I have to go alone." Um. So the 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 best the best thing that happened in this movie was uh, normally I would say on a normal showing uh, for uh, a movie at a theater, you get about 20 minutes at least of trailers, maybe 23 minutes, maybe 22, but usually the rough estimate is 20 minutes. I don't know if there was less trailers on this movie or if the uh, it was missing some trailers or if the timing was wrong on the digital projector when it started, but I walked into that movie and they were in the uh, in, in Peru um, talking about spiders, and I said awesome, because uh, I had missed some of the movie, and I said this is going to be over quicker than I thought. Um, Hold on. Yeah. Was this a Paddington Cinematic Universe crossover? Listen, uh, I wish there was more Paddington in it because uh, it would have absolutely slapped uh, if it was. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's really bad. Um, you know, the first kind of 15 minutes are pretty pretty much, you know, it's your typical movie with uh, a ton of cutting uh, that almost makes you want to have, you know, uh, make you go insane. But uh, the rest of it was uh, not great, Bob, um, to quote Mad Men. Uh, but yeah, it's um, it's not very good. Um, there's it's it's hard to describe without having you having seen it. Um, but, you know, there there's not a lot of connection between the main characters. I'm pretty sure the villain is has ADR for his voice for literally every scene that he's in. Um, it seems like this movie was one thing and got changed. Um, you know, small spoiler here, but this is almost like an origin movie and that makes zero sense. Um, and by mean, by origin, I mean, bare bones origin. Um, yeah, this is, this is a rough time. Um, I'll slightly touch on the rest of the box office. I mean, you know, migration's still hanging on there, I think, because literally there are no other kids movies out right now, which is pretty crazy. Um, cause usually around this time, there's at least one that ends up replacing the, the holiday fair. Um, you know, uh, I think, uh, the chosen is something I, I don't think any of us want to talk about. Um, cause you know, we, we have no desire. Um, you know, we, we had our discussion on Argyle. I'm um, just for the people at home who are keeping track of the Argyle beekeeper battle. Um, beekeepers made 60 million domestic, 143 worldwide. Argyle's made 37 domestic and 77 uh worldwide so almost doubling the the numbers there for superior movie so sorry papa and um i gotta be honest bob marley movie one love uh interests me uh, a lot 
and then I saw some reviews about it. Um, and I kind of, I think I'm out on it, um, in regards to it. Now, uh, that's probably, it's probably a lot better movie than Madam Web, but you know, I mean, none of my friends have been jumping up to see Bob Marley one love. Um, you know, and I, I support my friends, uh, sometimes when it comes to movies. So, uh, yeah, those are my, those are my thoughts. Uh, Papa, I'll, I'll toss it over to you. Or if you have any questions, uh, we know we can circle back on Madam Web if you want. Please spoil yeah. Madam Web for us. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, it's all on the internet, man. It's, it's rough. I will say I'm so grateful this weekend has come and gone because, um, yeah, dude, like I said, Bob Marley, One Love, and uh, Madam Web, both of those trailers were on every yeah. movie yeah. in theaters. I went to see Zone of Interest, and I'm pretty sure both of those trailers played on it. Just yeah. outrageous. Um, Tells you what a tough I, tough year it's going to be for movies. Uh, right you ain't kidding. Uh, I do want to see One Love, but similar to you, um, the reviews have kind of hampered my excitement for it. Um, it's got if streaming on Netflix, you know, in in a month and, you know, fire that up. Yeah. So I was just about to say I didn't realize you wanted to see it. So if some if the stars align and there's nothing else, then hey, maybe I'll I'll go catch a show with you, but yeah. otherwise I'm I'm waiting for streaming. Dune 2's around the corner. I got to reserve all my uh free movie time <laughs> for additional Dune 2 screenings. So. Gotcha. Um Madam Web, boy oh boy. I am uh, I, I just, I'm delighted <laughs> this movie performed up to expectation for me. Um, actually, to be honest, I'm kind of surprised that it made it as high as it did. I thought maybe it'd make five mil less. And uh, holiday weekend, man. You know what? You yeah, know. yeah, true. I mean, on um, six days, it was, I, I, I'm sorry, I don't have the six day number, but it was like maybe like 25 or 30 or something, but it's like, that is I I at least thought not I honestly thought it was going to track a little higher only because it's like even Venom and, and Morbius made some money but I I think word of mouth quickly shot around on this and then and, and yeah so I shared a Hollywood Reporter article with yep. you guys in the group text and uh there was an anonymous uh employee at an exhibitor and they were saying that um you could see people refunding their tickets in real time yep. And uh, even even funnier than that, I thought was the quote about longing for Shazam two numbers. <laughs> so that kind of had me going. But um, I had mentioned to you guys, like I saw a couple threads on Twitter of um, uh, <laughs> a couple threads on Twitter of uh, I guess clips of Dakota Johnson and her line delivery, and it was horrendous. So absolutely laughable. And I, I know that that stuff's out of context, but yeah, even still. Well, I will say that that's part of her character's thing is like her character is kind of an introvert and, you know, is pretty much doesn't know how to be, you know, is socially awkward, I would say. Um, so like, but yeah, it it's rough in the context when it's not played for that with some of the reactions. It's almost like, I'd yeah. like to think that I've come across the bevy of personalities and individuals yeah. some very strange in my lifetime in my yeah. 40 years on this planet i've never heard anyone speak like that no human hey <laughs> i hear you i don't know <laughs> it's it's very strange i mean and yeah. her absolutely like just 
she did look the movie was destined for failure as it was looks bad got bad reviews all this stuff but then on top of it she's not doing herself any favors on Tour the press junket no nah, man she's she's <laughs> making me want to see it honestly well yeah it's comedy gold but yeah. um in terms of you know are you putting additional butts we'll in the seats about it forever no mm. <laughs> well, that, that what I loved most about it, and like I'm sure a lot of people who like I think her thing is like she's a little bit more honest. Like if you probably talk to some, I would say older actors who've been in MCU movies, and it's like, hey, how was it shooting this? And it's like it was a great time. And it's like I don't know what we shot, but sure. Um, the the quote from her, you know, was basically like, I don't know if this is a good movie. I haven't seen it, and it's like. You know, when you watch it, you can definitely tell there's some egregious scene changing that you're just like, not, not, not 100% like, how did we get here? But totally like, oh, yeah, I could totally see this being green screened. And it's like, what are we talking about? You know what I mean? If you're, if you're not familiar with the culture of, of Marvel. Yeah, but like, don't you, and granted, I know, you know, really editing is where the movie takes shape because you give you know, dozens of takes or more or less, depending on what director. But like, is there not like, why wouldn't she go like, yeah, I feel like I really nailed my performance in this. Like she doesn't have to speak to the quality of the movie if she genuinely hasn't seen it, but it's like, I gave this my all, you know, I, uh, I had some great coworkers and did anyone like, give it their all putting this? up the front and and like some of a lot of her stuff actually not even some of it a lot of it just comes off as very like airheaded you know hey maybe this is maybe this is her way to destroy the superhero world as we know it and we get more <laughs> original films true true if, uh, uh, if so, you, i'm all for it did you see mike flanagan's uh, letterbox review of um uh, madam web not Can't yet i've heard it's good though it's pretty much I I hear I'll spoil it for you. It's the okay. whole dialogue from Nicole Kidman's uh, intro to <laughs> nice. um, perfect to AMC the theaters. AMC theaters with a couple <laughs> like hashtags on it like exposition to cats. I didn't watch the movie. I don't know, um, so I'll just assume whatever. But uh, yeah, yeah, sounds like he went a little hard on it. All right, I'm gonna I have to give him so. a follow too. Uh, okay, so as far as the rest of the box office goes. Um, Argyle, it's a shame. Look, I'm not going to get into the whole Argyle and Beekeeper debate. Suffice to say, Harry's wrong. Argyle's a superior movie, even if it didn't make as much. It's a lot of fun. Go check it out. Um, and it is, you know, very original and unique. Uh, Migration, Harry, you made a good point about it really being uh, the only family product out. But even with that, it is interesting to see it hang on in the top five as long as it has. This came out like thanksgiving didn't it i don't even think this was a christmas release i think this was a thanksgiving release i think it was christmas i'll look it up but yeah go or ahead. actually I feel you know, like, like right might have been right before christmas in the middle yeah, like, like yeah 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 now that i'm thinking about because i think the family product around thanksgiving was like wish and yeah. i think yeah migration was like mid-december or whatever but even still i mean two and a half months later that's pretty awesome for anything these days yeah release date uh, december 22nd so Okay, yeah, right before Christmas. So it it's coming two up on in. two months. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then Chosen, sure, that's got a built-in audience. Not for me, but happy if uh, the people choo-choo choose you. And then... Um, nice. What was... 
was there one other thing? No, that was, that was it. Top that was five? Top okay, five. cool. Yeah. So, yeah, there, there's our box office roundup. <laughs> Hans, what else you got for Um So, uh, I know we talked about this before uh, in terms of rumors, but now it's final. Uh, quick is the casting for Fantastic Four. So, uh, no surprises. What I think what we talked about rumored last time came true. Uh, Sue Storm, played by Vanessa Kirby, Human Torch, uh, Johnny Storm is Joseph Quinn, uh, The Thing, Eben Moss, Backrack, sorry if I'm pronouncing your name wrong, uh, if you're listening, sorry, uh, and Pedro Pascal, uh, who's been rumored to be in the role for a while and never actually confirmed as Reed Richards. Um, movies being released July 25th, 2025. I think it's getting pushed back a little bit, but yeah, any, I had really no surprises from when we last talked about this a few weeks ago. Um, I think the only big thing is the confirmation of Pedro Pascal because he never actually came out and said it, but I know he was not the, the front runner, I guess, in terms of what people thought was going to be. They thought that was just, just uh fan casting, but um greg thoughts on that i just you know from a from a superhero side what do you what do you think um overall i dig it although it does present some interesting challenges that we talked about with like how are they going to introduce dr doom because his origin story is tied with reeds both being in college supposedly this takes place during the 60s which is weird. I don't know if I like that choice. The only question marks for me of the main four are um, Vanessa Kirby, just because I don't think I've seen her in much. And uh, Joseph Quinn, I feel like, hmm, I don't know. He he doesn't give me Johnny Storm vibes, but I think maybe I'll come around once I actually see him in action. So the jury's still out on that. But I think Pedro Pascal and uh, Evan Mossbacherek are uh, great choices. Harry, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think with Vanessa Kirby, if you haven't watched The Crown, I think you're missing uh, a large portion of, of her strong. I mean, she's been in a couple of Mission Impossible movies, and um, there was another movie that always uh, escapes me uh, that she was in. Paddington. Um, no, it wasn't Paddington, uh, where she has a, a pretty much a strong leading performance in that. But she hasn't – I mean, The Crown is kind of her her come, you know claim to fame uh, in regards to that. Uh yeah, I mean, um, like you guys said, there wasn't many surprises here. Um, I'll be, as Greg mentioned, a little more interested once we kind of get, you know, maybe the villain casted or how this plays into the wider universe. I know there's, we've kind of talked a little bit about different changes coming with Marvel, you know, refocusing on, on the main product and all that stuff. So um, I'll be interested to see if this story and this is... Uh, I, I guess what I will say is this is one of one of the chambers that they're going to pull that if they don't hit a home run, um, it'll be it'll be really an uphill climb, in my opinion. Um, and I think they've they've done pretty well with the casting. Let's see, you know, who's writing, who's directing. Um, has that been announced? Did, have I missed that? Or director is Matt Shackman. Matt Shackman. Okay. He oversaw WandaVision, which was okay. yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. So, and so. also has uh, a lot of a good history with um Wooly Sunny. So hopefully um, that um okay. you know yeah. he's good with that kind of that kind of hopefully that humor Family. brings some yeah. of that humor to it. So so for me it's just kinda like, you know the thing that I think uh you know, I don't want to speak for you guys, but I think the thing we're all anxious for is for large 
scale storytelling again you know the the anticipation to go to the next marvel movie and you know have that ability to tell your own story but also be a smaller you know even if it's a small piece of of a bigger story um that is something i'm really hoping that they get back to because a lot of the stuff has been pretty pretty pondering you know not not as meaningful or as impactful from movie to movie and you can kind of see you know as we've talked about many many a times um the trouble that it's making for getting up to go see another marvel product as opposed to being like you know do i have to see this is this required viewing you know um how will this impact the future so um you know kudos on the casting i'm, I'm excited for for all the actors and you know hopefully we can put a hopefully they not we hopefully they can put a good product out there cool all right and then uh since we last recorded we had the super bowl which means we got some movie trailers um i'm not going to go through each one individually i'm just going to go a quick roundup um you know we got kingdom and the planet of the apes wicked uh, I think we got Despicable Me 4, which I didn't even know was in production, which um, Finn's going to love that one. Um, hey, and, of person. course, Deadpool and Wolverine, um, which I, I think was the the probably the most anticipated one that we got. Um, so I think Greg, me, we, yeah, uh, there, apparently there was like some, <laughs> I think a lot of people, they were counting numbers from the, uh, yeah, the quick Super Bowl number, uh, the, where they said like trailer now online. So they might've included that, but I don't care. Yeah. That's the kind of thing Deadpool would do. So, uh, it doesn't matter to me. Trash. Um, so I'm just gonna, you know, just really quick, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm pretty excited for kingdom of the planet of the apes. Um, I, I, I think that. I'm ready for a new trilogy of that. I think the second, this was the second trial that was released, gave a little more into the story. Um, special effects look better than ever than they did with the previous movies. Um, Wicked, I, I, I couldn't care less about. Um, I know that has yeah. a big following and that's probably going to be um, one of those musicals that kills at the first two, three weekends. Um, and then the, uh, the other one, yeah, Deadpool and Wolverine uh, got an official title. Uh, I'm all in. I think it looks amazing. Um, from what we got, it's only a teaser trailer. Uh, we got a lot that a lot more than I thought we were going to get. Um, you know, some returning characters from the X-Men universe. Uh, we got a very, very quick glimpse of Wolverine and some interesting settings that they're at. Uh, some of the internet speculating that we're going to get some return to Sokovia from the MCU. Um, we're going to get some Loki, Loki void. Um, area like where the fox uh universe seems to be at um but i don't know if he's watched it yet if it's been on a big trailer or big screen yet harry it's a negative ghost rider i've not watched it oh, all right Go ahead. Well, i don't, I don't what are we even doing here i don't there's care. really no spoil there's really nothing to spoil it's a teaser trailer yeah. um only that your boy from successions in it yeah i mean I, i've known that via twitter for I like know. since the super bowl but i well, hear okay well sorry all right it's all right um any other trailers that I missed or anything you were interested in or anything that that you did you watch any of the trailers from the Super Bowl? I know you're not a uh wow. watch on TV kind of guy. Well, I listen, I watched every <laughs> moment of that sad sorry Super Bowl. Um sorry Greg, I, I know you got what you wanted out of it, but uh didn't really care for it. Um I will say uh we used to be a proper country. Uh, we used to develop trailers for the Super Bowl that were specifically shorter packages that got the anticipation needle up. 
Uh, for me, watching footage, uh, I would say maybe a third of it that I've already seen in another trailer or in still productions, and then saying go online to check out the full trailer uh, really rubbed me the wrong way. Um, I don't know why it just did. Um, one of the, I guess, stars for me was uh, Monkey Man, uh, little snippet, and uh, Twisters, just because I don't think I'd seen oh. anything from that yet. Um, okay. Um, <laughs> sorry. I, I, I think everyone who, I, I'm sorry if, if, if you guys love Twister or anything about no, the, the first I've never movie, seen it. it is the most boring summer movie oh. I've ever seen in my life. Sorry, I just have to, sorry. <laughs> I well, listen. I uh, I like Glenn Powell. I like Daisy Edgar Jones, uh, and I like the idea similar to Top Gun, where it's like, hey, we're just jumping back into this world. Uh, we're calling it Twisters as opposed to Twister. Uh, I mean, I like Adam Scott, but I'm not watching Adam Webb. Okay, well, I mean, you know, maybe maybe it'll be all right. Um, <laughs> Hey, listen, I, I think it will at least be fun summer or summer movie. Um, am I going in and anticipating uh, Top Gun uh, Maverick? No. Am I going in expecting to be surprised? Yes. Uh, but yeah, other than that, I don't really, again, we used to be a proper country, um, but you know, I get it. You know, we got to, if we're breaking records by using the Super Bowl viewership to uh, call it the most watched trailer, then sure. Um, Papa, I'll throw it to you. I'm sorry. What was the other one you mentioned, other than Twisters? Uh, Monkey Man was it? Uh, Monkey, Monkey Man. Man. That's right. Yeah. Is that right? So, Monkey Man. I was actually trying to avoid seeing anything because I wanted to go in as cold as possible. But what I did see from that commercial has me super stoked. Love Dev Patel. I'm ride or die for him. And uh, give me a martial arts movie. Awesome. I'm there. Uh, but the two of them combined for sure. That's a day one. Gotta go see it. Um, Twisters piqued my interest. I uh, I do enjoy the first one. I'm not like a hardcore fan of it or anything, but it's a fine movie on its own. And um, if you had asked me prior to seeing the commercial if I would care about this, I would tell you no. But seeing the commercial in action, it's like, okay, maybe I'll give that a look. Um, Despicable Me, sure. Uh, like I like the franchise, but I just it's tough when you're five, six movies in to the IP, um, to still care with that same level. Yeah. So I'm sure I'll see it at some point, but that's probably not going to be anytime soon. Uh, Deadpool and Wolverine, obviously, all in there, and oh. um, the big one for me actually was Wicked. Because I did not expect to see a trailer for this since it's still so far out. And uh, I am excited for this. You guys know I'm a huge Ariana Grande fan. I've never seen the musical or read the book, but I've always wanted to. Uh, Well, see the musical anyway. Um, So I'm excited to see the filmic adaptation. Uh, Wizard of Oz is a classic movie. And this looks, um, it looks very cool. It's. I think it's interesting to revisit the land of Oz with, you know, modern storytelling, um, modern uh, VFX, uh, you know, adding the musical element uh, even more so. So really looking forward to this. And I was sold on the footage I saw. I will say I did hear for Wicked that uh, the the first movie is going to be the first half of the play. So uh, kind of double billing it apparently for it. So 
Interesting. Um, just just so you know, going in because uh, I remember sitting down for Dune, uh, and you know, or like the first Dune one, and it was part one, I should say, and mm-hmm. uh, was surprised that it was like, oh, it's a part one, so we're not going to end. But yeah, yeah. My favorite okay. thing about Wicked that I've seen so far is there's a shot, I guess, in the trailer. It's like a back shot, and it's um has like the scene from The Wizard of Oz where they go see the wizard, and there's uh-huh. an actual lion. So all these boomers are freaking out, saying like, "This is not." I'm like, "He's a lion. He's he's <laughs> he's what did it's more true to the that... actual source material. They didn't get well, yeah. They didn't I get think... an, a, a goofy a goofy actor to start dancing around in a costume. Who are these strange people? But, I yeah, I saw a tweet similar to that where they're like, "Of course, there's an actual lion." It was the 1930s when they made the first movie. They put a guy in a suit. <laughs> yeah, like I don't know. It just it makes me laugh because it's just like that. Now now they're gonna boycott this for whatever reason. Whatever. So, all right, cool. Uh, anything else? No, wrap it up. All right. Man on the street. Man on the street. Ready. Always killing it with the news. Uh, okay, so we're going to move on to our main topic, and Hair kind of alluded to this earlier, but in honor of the god-awful Madam Web releasing, mm. we thought, hey, you know what? I'm sure somebody out there somewhere, Madam Web is, is their movie. Maybe, I don't know, maybe the director, who knows? But uh, we've all got those guilty pleasure movies. Maybe it's not Madam Web, but there's other movies out there, so we thought, hey, let's Let's talk about it. <laughs> Let's figure out what those guilty pleasure movies are. So uh, we're going to do the usual deal, and I'm going to get started with my honorable mentions for guilty pleasure movies. So uh, one thing to preface this with is um, we're looking at movies that not critically acclaimed. So <laughs> you can't yeah. say, oh, I feel like, you know, maybe this movie's underrated or whatever. No, it's it's not that. It's yeah. This is generally considered to be a bad movie, but we like it anyway. So, uh, with that, I'm going to kick it off with Heavyweights from 1995, <laughs> directed by Stephen Brill, starring Tom McGowan, Ben Stiller, Paul Feig, uh, Keenan Thompson. Rotten Tomatoes score of 38%. Wow. Um, <laughs> so, this is... Uh, I remember seeing this when it came out uh, to home release so vhs and we rented this a few times and um even though i was actually on the thinner side as a a young lad uh i really enjoyed the camp atmosphere of this um i think you know now probably considered insensitive um poking fun of i guess the the weight crisis as it were but um it is a guilty pleasure of mine i mean i i think back to my childhood and i i see I kind of look past that stuff, but uh, just more so looking at the vibes of the movie, which is, again, you know, the the camaraderie of being a kid, going to camp, making friends and kind of banding together to take on the evil camp counselors. You know, it's a tried and true trope, but um, it's a fun movie. And uh, Ben Stiller's uh, Tony Perkins is just outlandishly outrageous. Absolutely love it. and. Um, his actual real parents uh, actually cameo as the Bushkins, the owners of the camp who uh, were selling to Tony. Um, 
<laughs> it's it's got some interesting humor again not sure if it's completely appropriate in this day and age but i'm there for the vibes and i love it anyway uh next up i have the return of swamp thing from 1989 directed by jim winorski starring louis jordan uh heather locklear dick durock sarah douglas uh so this one was the winner of the 1990 Razzie for Worst Actress, that being Heather Locklear. And uh, the Rotten Tomatoes score is 44%. All right. Hey, guilty pleasure. I actually like this more than the original Swamp Thing movie directed wow. by Wes Craven. Um, this is super camp. If you like um, the 60s Batman TV show, imagine that, but with gross creatures. Um, very campy, very kitschy, but just a lot of fun. And this is another one I remember renting like weekend after weekend, really enjoying it. Big Swamp Thing head. It's kind of crazy because Swamp Thing in the comics is very revered and it's a very uh, dark story, especially when Alan Moore, creator of V for Vendetta and From Hell and Watchmen, he had a, a run on Swamp Thing that brought so much um critical acclaim and it was all of those things it was very uh meta and um based on that popularity they made the movies <laughs> the movies were just nothing like that at all <laughs> they're effectively d list monster movies but it is what it is and i i love it for that anyway uh next up i have mission impossible 2 from 2000 directed by john woo starring tom cruise do gray scott tandy way newton um this was the 2001 razzie worst supporting actress nom for uh tandy way newton and also nominated for worst remake or sequel and has a rotten tomato score of 56 percent so I know when it comes to looking at the franchise overall for the Mission Impossible movies, this is consistently in the bottom one to two for the vast majority of fans. But I have a special place in my heart for this one. This is uh, the first one that I saw, the first Mission Impossible that I saw in theaters. I love the opening scene uh with tom cruise you know mountain climbing i love his whole vibe with the like mid-length hair um look it's not a great story i'm not gonna sit here and defend it it's not um the most thrilling or highest stakes of all of the mission impossible films but um i i have a soft spot for it and it, it's a guilty pleasure and i think uh i don't know i feel like maybe it doesn't get the love it deserves i think people crap on it a little too much um, next up, we have Highlander Endgame from 2000, also directed by Douglas Arniakoski, starring Christopher Lambert, Adrian Paul, Bruce Payne. Uh, and this was the 2000 The Stinkers Bad Movie Awards Worst Remake or Sequel nominee and Rotten Tomato score of 11%. <laughs> so I love unabashedly the Highlander franchise. Um, but after the first film, the original film, it's absolutely all downhill um, progressively. Highlander Endgame was only the second time that Connor uh, or that Christopher Lambert, um, Connor McLeod, the, the main character of the films, 
was on screen with Adrian Paul, the lead, uh, Duncan McLeod from Highlander, the series. They were in it for, they were together for the pilot of the show, and then that's it. And Highlander, the series, had many, many seasons. Um, so this was kind of um, the equivalent of Star Trek Generations, uh, which, you know, maybe makes an appearance later on, but for the Highlander-verse. Movie's not good, but it does have some uh, some really interesting action in it. I didn't mention it. Donnie Yen's in it also. This is probably one of his first American um, films that he had done. Um, if you like Highlander, this isn't the best entry, <laughs> but it's uh, it's entertaining for me, and I enjoy it. And also, I have fond memories of this one because it was released right around the time I started working at a previous employer uh in the exhibition industry and last but not least for me is 2001's pearl harbor <laughs> directed by michael bay starring ben affleck kate beckinsale josh hartnett uh, cuba gooding jr this was the winner for the 2002 razzie's worst picture um there were several nominations worst actor ben affleck worst screen couple wow. Affleck, Beckinsale, Hartnett, um, worst remaker sequel, worst director, Michael Bay, <laughs> worst screenplay, Randall Wallace. Those are all the Razzies. And then for the Stinkers Bad Movie Awards uh, for 2001, you had the category worst sense of direction, stop them before they direct again for Michael Bay, and worst picture, and worst screenplay for a film grossing more than $100 million using Hollywood math. Uh, Randall Wallace, and he was the winner. Uh, this does have a Rotten Tomato score of 24%, but it's also interesting to note that this was actually nominated for four Oscars <laughs> despite... Uh, Visual despite effects and the, sound? Yeah, basically. Uh. Um, and it actually won one of them, so let me take a look real quick here. Um, yeah, insane that, you know, a movie so reviled. But you had 2002 uh, Oscars nominee for Best Music, Original Song, There You'll Be. That's the Faith Hill song. Hmm. Uh, best Sound, Best Sound Editing, and Best Effects, Visual Effects. And it did actually win for Best Sound Editing. Interesting. So kind of wild. Yeah. Um, yeah. Those war movies always, you know, get in one way or another for, uh, you know, sound usually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, Pearl Harbor, definitely overlong, definitely schmaltzy, um, but I kind of dig it. I don't know what it is. It's got a great ensemble cast. Um, the There's some decent action in there, and especially the the main assault on Pearl Harbor, um, and then the Doolittle Raid uh, thereafter. Um, pretty wild, and... Yeah, I don't know. There's just there's some notes of sentimentality that it touches on that uh that I really vibe with. So being three hours not something that I, I go to uh as a comfort movie often, but I, I will say, you know, for being a movie that's widely reviled, um, I kinda dig it. And even though I didn't include it on my list, there's actually one other that I was gonna include and I just wanted to run by you guys. I actually had um Invincible starring Mark Wahlberg on my mm. list. And I know a lot of people do not like that movie. That's a guilty pleasure for me. 
or I I should say I thought a lot of people don't like this movie because then I looked at the Rotten Tomatoes score and it's like seventy two percent or seventy six percent something. Critic or so audience? So I thought I was yeah I oh, thought well. I was in the uh, the dark with that one, but yeah. I guess not. I guess there's a lot of invincible heads like me. So anyway, I despise that, that movie. Thing. I despise I despise <laughs> anything Mark Wahlberg's in. Hate I hate I, I, I hate Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> Um, so anyway, it's just throwing that out there, invincible stricken from the record, but that was going to be an inclusion. Uh, so my honorable mentions have at them boys, any, any oh. that you have seen or enjoy or thoughts on any of these? Yeah, I actually just keep it. I just uh, a footnote on that Mark Wahlberg comment. Cause it's probably <laughs> going to come up later. I know I'm probably going to okay. get called out on it in a little bit. Um, so Pearl Harbor, uh, I remember being 16 and this is at the time probably being the longest movie I've ever watched in my life. Um, I saw it multiple times in theaters because as a 16 year old guy, uh, you know, girls will want to see a you. love story, you know, kind of thing. So, um, I, I have, I, I, I think I may have went on a date to see this, um, or went to maybe impress a girl. Um, uh, the, all I remember from this movie is that there's an hour and a half of nothing. And then the, the, Pearl Harbor happens and then it's just like wow this is a lot of this is actually pretty cool and I just remember being so bored during that movie um I I've I haven't gone back to watch it in 20 something years um but I forgot this existed we're gonna talk about Michael Bay and, and Ben Affleck in a little bit later oh, uh, boy. Uh, let's just say <laughs> that this isn't this isn't um his uh his only um only entrance into the Razzies for worst director. Um, Highlander Endgame. I have seen this uh, a couple years after it came out. I loved the first Highlander movie. Um, I didn't watch the show though, um, but I remember when this came out, I, I did watch it probably somewhere in like 2002, 2003. Uh, I don't remember too much about it. I don't think I was super impressed by it, but um, it's pretty yeah. forgettable. <laughs> okay. Well, it's your guilty pleasure. Maybe I'll have to yeah, go back and see is. if I can find it somewhere. Um, I agree with you on Mission Impossible is the, um, the, I guess the, 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 I don't know the, how I want to put it. I don't know the odd one out in terms of Mission Impossible movies. Um, I made a, a, a a comment to someone at work today where I said that Mission Impossible movies to me are more enjoyable than James Bond movies. And they, uh, said I was insane. Um, I didn't bring up Mission Impossible 2 for a reason, um, but uh, um, it is the weakest out of the seven. I haven't seen Dead Reckoning, but I can't imagine it's worse than two. Um, but John Woo, uh, I think this was when he was kind of breaking into American audiences, and you know, I, I don't think it fit as well with the Mission Impossible movies. Um, I do remember the trailer. Or- for the, well, for the record, I don't I don't dispute its ranking among among the Mission Impossible films, but I just I got some love for it. <laughs> I, I will never. I, I think I rewatched it three or four years ago when I tried to watch all the Mission Impossible movies, and I'll, and I, I, just for me, I can't do it again. Um, sure. So, um, and then uh, the the Swamp Thing. I have not. I don't know anything about the Swamp Thing. Um, I know uh, the, the Swamp Thing makes an appearance in Monster Squad. Um, and that's about it. I don't even know if that's Swamp Thing. Um, it's not. So, um, that's it. That's it. Okay. So, yeah. Um, so I've not seen that. I didn't know there was, I knew there was a Swamp Thing one. I didn't know that he returned. Um, <laughs> oh, and he then did, Heavyweights. Dude. Uh, Heavyweights, I have not seen this movie in a long time. 
uh, I, well, I mean long time, like came out in 1995, probably like late 90s. This was the type of movie that like towards the end of the year, we didn't really have to do much in school. And they're like, let's bring in heavyweights. Let's fat shame everyone. And and this, is a, this was a, a different time where, you know, nowadays you can't show this in school. Um, but It uh, is on Disney Plus, but I haven't watched it recently. So I'm curious to see if there's like a disclaimer up. There might be like at the end, like if you're bullied, call this number or something like that. Like, but um, yeah, I've I've not seen this movie since grade school. Um, I was a lot. This was one of those movies that I always felt was like I I, I didn't I wasn't a fan of movie, and it wasn't because I was like trying to stand out. I wasn't a fan of a lot of movies that other kids liked, like this, The Sandlot. I'm, I, I, I you weren't trying to percussize. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so like I I remember like I I I I just. I, I maybe I have to go back and rewatch it. I don't know if it ages well. Maybe I just maybe I have to look at it through the eyes of an adult. Uh, I probably will hate it. Um, but this was also like you know one of those like tropes movies where it was like it was a summer camp and you know the kids take over and it's always like like crazy I will, stuff. I happening. will say too, and maybe I feel like this doesn't get talked about. Uh, but co-written by Judd Apatow. So makes sense. That's crazy. And Paul Feig, like he was in this, like. Paul Feig yeah. from um, the uh, Ghostbusters yeah. theme. Sorry, yep. that's the first thing I could think of. I was trying to think of other things. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I don't think Bridesmaids, my guy. Right, that's what I was like, yeah. Ah. Um, so, yeah. Um, yeah, I, you know, I, I, I want to say good choices, but I don't remember half of them. So, <laughs> Sorry, when I get to mine, you probably haven't even seen half of mine. Yeah, I was going to say uh, Heavyweights, um, as, as Hans mentioned, I haven't seen this one in a while. It, it's kind of, a, a, I think, a little lost to time. Um, but I do recall this being on in the afternoons. I, I don't know if it was like Disney or, you know, like a Saturday afternoon, one o'clock show. I feel like Heavyweights was just on um, and you would, you know, catch 20 minutes or, or 30 minutes. And Ben Stiller is just absolutely on one. Um, I think it's, with, I don't think you get dodgeball without uh, this performance. Um, yes. And so I, I it's, it's, it's supposed a, to be the same character, right? I, I mean, I'd be surprised. No. Yeah, no, but it, it could it, it be there was like a rumor that it was like it's supposed <laughs> to be like a, like a heavyweight universe. Yeah, White Goodman and Tony Perkins. And uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to touch base on the Swamp Return of the Swamp thing. I'm happy for you that you have the Return of the Swamp thing in, in your catalog to to pull out. Return, uh, yeah, the Mission Impossible Two. Um, yeah, it's tough because this is probably the worst one, and it's probably also the worst reviewed one. So I get it; it makes sense. Um, it wouldn't make my list. Um, I did do a search in the Mission Impossible just to see if there was any chance, you know, three or one of them was poorly reviewed, and this was the one. And I was like, I, I, I don't buy with it enough, but um, it definitely is a style which I think is uh, is very much up your alley. Uh, yeah, don't care about Highlander Endgame. Sorry, gonna skip that. Uh, Pearl Harbor. So this is a movie that I think a lot about with Jill, where I could see her being like, this is one of her guilty pleasure movies. And she just has it like on occasionally and gets like emotional at the emotional scenes. Um, I never saw it. I was, I was 13 when this movie came out. And that's like the perfect age of like, you need a parent to take you to the movie. But like, you know, if you don't really have any friends who want to go see it or a group, like you're not going to be like, I need to go see the new Pearl Harbor movie. Um, and I guess it just never made it to home video at our at our at our house. Uh, you know, I don't I don't know. Maybe I skipped it. I don't I don't know. I don't know what happened. Um, but it's an untapped uh, maybe gold mine or uh, guilty pleasure uh, mine in uh, he, for me. 
Uh, I, I can't wait to watch it someday uh, just to confirm either how horrible or how good it is, uh, you know, or good it could be um, in regards to that. So great choices oh, uh, for a couple there. That that might have been a, a double VHSer if it came out on VHS where oh, it was like two takes. 100% yeah, it was. wasn't. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. 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 But uh, yeah. Like attack, attack, and then right after you're all sad, it's please switch to yeah, the two. There's another movie. Even... Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. There's another movie with Pearl Harbor that I think is kind of I don't want to say linked a little bit, but it, it gives me vibes of it, and that's why I think you know critics in the early 2000s I think were pretty harsh when it came to certain things. So 24, um, percent but also being nominated for Oscars makes me believe that something something's missing here a little bit. Yeah, I was just going to add. Um, I had the DVD release of this, and that is a two-disker. It has like an intermission where it cuts off and it's like, okay, insert disc two. Similar to like the Lord of the Rings also. As the tears are falling at, at Pearl Harbor, it's please switch to disc two. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Hans, what do you got for your honorables? All right. Uh, number one, I'm going to go with uh, Space Camp, 1986. This is a, uh, this is, uh, stars Leah Thompson, uh, Lee Phoenix, if you don't know who Lee Phoenix, he's now known as Joaquin Phoenix. Mm. Um, this is his first star, uh, not, I don't know if it called starring role, but, uh, for one of his first roles, um, who else we got in? Leah Thompson, Lee Phoenix, Kate Capshaw has a Rotten Tomatoes of 46%. This is about, uh, kids or teenagers that end up going to space camp in, uh, I guess Florida. And, uh, they're a robot named Jinx accidentally shoots them into space. So their simulation turns into actual, they turn into actual astronauts. Um, and cause Jinx decides to shoot them up in the, in the, I don't know why I don't remember. Um, why I, this is one of the first VHSs I remember owning. Um, this is at, like one of the goofiest, like kind of, um, goofiest type of movies that could exist where you're like thinking like, all right, well this, I guess an original, original, um, idea uh if you haven't seen or heard of it or any kind of box office it's like it's, it's 46 on rotten tomatoes it's also a box office failure because i believe the space shutter challenger took place a few months before this and they decided not to they either didn't release it or did a very 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 limited release and did not have a large box office return um but it was it's one of those movies that it, it ended up not um because of challenger they ended up um a lot of people were kind of steering clear from it um silly movie again if you want a young uh leaf i'll, I'll give on leaf phoenix uh good movie it, it's it's you know it's it's definitely silly um i think someone famous does the voice for jinx i gotta oh terry o'quinn i think is in it too um from uh lost fame and a few other things um so yeah uh number two is road trip from 2000 which is directed by todd phillips uh starring sean william scott brecken meyer dj qualls and Tom Green, uh, if you remember him, uh, blast from the past, Tom Green. Um, this is basically these three friends go on a road trip to uh, to um, to intercept a uh, mail that he ended up sent to his girlfriend that went the wrong way, and then they go across the country. And um, if you have not seen this movie, if you have, um, there's one scene in this where uh, it the reason I do not eat diner pancakes anymore or waffles. Um, so, uh, if you know, you know, if you don't, then YouTube it, just type diner scene road trip. Um, I think this is one of maybe Tom Green's, uh, very few 
roles that he stepped into in movies outside of this and like Freddy got fingered. Um, but it is, uh, it's just one of those movies I remember sneaking into in the theaters because I was not old enough to see it. Um, and I think it was one of the first DVDs that I had my brother buy for me, um, when it came out. So yeah, uh, always, I, I think I still have it somewhere in my, it's probably next to the aliens movies. Um, but I'll have to, uh, I'll have to, I'm sorry, Greg's aliens movies, but, um, yeah, I, I do watch it every few years. It's really silly. It's definitely that R rated humor from like early nineties, um, or late nineties, early two thousands. Um, next is daredevil from 2003, um, (laughs) starring Ben Affleck directed by Mark Steven Johnson, starring Ben Affleck, Jennifer Gardner, and Michael Clark Duncan as the Kingpin. Um, this is not a good movie. I will, I will absolutely go out and say this couple things I do remember from it. I've watched this movie a dozen times on DVD. The soundtrack that full of Evanescence bangers. If, uh, if you, uh, if you're a fan, um, I, I honestly will, I think Colin Farrell's in it as, as, as bullseye. I don't know why I like this movie. I, I don't know why it's a guilty pleasure, but there's, there's certain scenes in it. I don't know if it's, uh, I think Michael Clark Duncan is probably the only person better on this. Pl- well, uh, you know, before he passed that could play Kingpin better than Vincent D'Onofrio. Um, I think he was a great Kingpin. Uh, ben Affleck, he was still coming up. Give him, give him a little bit of a break. Um, I mean, this is when he was, he was a terrible actor, um, but he was having some fun with the role. Um, yeah, I, I, I honestly, this is one of the, first, I think what kind of kicked me off into some of the superhero this was when Madam Web came out. Like this was when it, like a 2003 Madam Web where like these movies were coming out all the time, all the time. And they all were awful, but they were all making like bank for some reason. Um, so uh, just a simpler time when, you know, you just had horrible darede- daredevil movies out. Um, but I like it. I watch it. I actually, I have watched it within the past two years. Um, so yeah. And then last one's, 2011's Just Go With It, uh, directed by Dennis Duggan or Dugan, uh, starring Adam Sandler, Jennifer Aniston, Nicole Kidman, Dave Matthews. Uh, this falls into the trope of actors who just want to film a movie in someplace tropical, like Hawaii, so they can go and spend their time there and film it, uh, a la Forgetting Sarah Marshall, uh, another movie we're going to talk about in a little bit on my list, and I think probably uh, Greg's too has one of them. Um, it's a dumb Adam Sandler movie, but, uh, this was one of those movies that it's been on a lot. And when it comes on TV and, um, my wife is a big Jennifer Aniston fan. So, um, we usually keep it on and, uh, every time it's on, I, we, I, I just crack up at it. So it's dumb, funny, but, um, uh, yeah. Rotten Tomatoes, I think was a Rotten Tomatoes thing on this. Uh, I did not list it. Uh, it was low. Uh, so that's all I got on that. Um, but it was, this was when, uh, uh, Sandler was just pumping out, pumping out terrible movie after terrible movie. No, well, yeah, you guys got <laughs> uh, Harry. You mind if I go? Go ahead, King. All right, uh, Space Camp. I can't believe I've never heard of this, but you had me at Leah Thompson. Um, looks like this was this pre Back to the Future. Uh, it came out in 86, so Back to the Future was 85, so okay. it was um, right after. So I and, I, and I'll, I'll do a little bit of just research while you're doing your thoughts. I think this might have been filmed, um, I don't know the date of the Challenger, so this might have been filmed and they delayed the release of it. So this might have been filmed prior to 
Back to the Future? Well, I think the Challenger happened in like 84, 85. I don't think it happened in 86. So it's possible that they, they filmed this prior to that and then just gotcha. and then waited to 86 to release it. Uh, this did release the same year as her other uh, hit, Howard the Duck. <laughs> so there's that. Uh, yeah, I, I've never heard of this, but it sounds like it could be kind of fun. So this might be something I round out my uh, database with. Um, I mean, it, look, I'm always down to see the true story that inspired Apollo 13. So <laughs> this is it. Uh, <laughs> uh, if you if you if you if you want Tom Scarrett and uh, and uh, Lamar from uh, Revenge of the Nerds. Yes, I always want them. Uh, road trip. Um, so this is an interesting one. I feel like I saw this when it came out in theaters. And then I want to say I watched it again, maybe like five to 10 years after that. So like around 2005, 2010. And I remember even kind of outgrowing it at that point and thinking, this might be a little dated. Uh, I do have in my collection a double feature with Road Trip and Euro Trip. Um, uh, uninitiated. Did, yep. Yep. They are not related at all, but it was just a trip double feature. Euro Trip, I feel like definitely well i haven't watched euro trip recently but in terms of the cultural zeitgeist euro trip still gets quoted occasionally um or memed but uh road trip is um left forgotten in the wind so i don't know i'll probably revisit this at some point but um i don't know that it holds up for me but hey happy to see it on your list and i do have a soft spot for those early 2000s or late 90s kind of sex comedies i'm a huge fan of the american pie movies um even though those don't really age well uh, they don't <laughs> yeah daredevil uh so this one i got a little bit of a hot take here and i haven't watched it in a few years but my hot take is that ben affleck actually wasn't terrible as matt murdoch um i do agree uh, with what you said i think um uh Oh God! Why is his name slipping? Um, Kingpin. Michael Clark Duncan. Yeah, Michael Clark Duncan uh, actually did. You know, he did what he could within the framework he was provided. Colin Farrell, I think, could have been a good bullseye, but the look is awful, and Jennifer Garner is just not it for Electra. Oh boy, is she not it? Um, <laughs> the soundtrack that you mentioned definitely dated. But uh, this is one that I, I freely admit I watch every couple years, too. So, you know, hey, good choice for the guilty pleasures list. And uh, by all means, if you have access to the director's cut, watch the director's cut because it is uh, a little bit of an improvement over the original. And then lastly, just go with it. Um, when you typed out the title for this, I was like, what is that? And then hearing you talk about it and hearing who the cast is it's like oh yeah i vaguely remember that um (laughs) you told me the fate of every human soul on this planet was resting on my ability to name one fact about this movie which i have seen i'm sorry y'all but we're doomed (laughs) i can i can recite though i can recite scene by scene this whole movie like that's This is a utter blank spot in my memory. I, I like. I feel like I can picture a scene with Aniston and uh, and Sandler at the resort. 
it, that's it. That's as murky as it gets, dude. You might as well cast me in Memento. I have no idea. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but hey, I'm glad, glad it's on your list. <laughs> Harry, what are your thoughts on these? Yeah, um, I'll I'll start with just go with it. I remember seeing this in theaters and I didn't think it was as bad as the reviews say. I mean, I, I definitely... 19% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think that's pretty harsh. But again, um, as Greg mentioned, I don't think there's anything that I would be able to tell you uh, remembered. I remember Brooklyn Decker's in it, um, so yes. that was that was cool. Um, Daredevil uh, didn't really care about Marvel stuff when I was a kid. Uh, never heard good things about this. I know. I'm, I think I'm, I think I'm all right. I think I think time's coming uh, coming around on that. Um, got the one non Evanescence fan on the podcast. Yeah. Hey, I mean they got a couple of bangers. Um, yeah. So we'll bring them to life. Never They're all on the soundtrack. <laughs> never saw Daredevil. Uh, Road Trip isn't my cup of tea when it comes to early 2000s comedy. I have one on there as well, uh, which I'll talk about later. Um, and uh, yeah, Space Camp, sure. Uh, I'm glad uh, this this is sounds like one of those childhood movies that just you end up watching a uh, hundred times. I, I had this, uh, I had Space Jam on my long list, and that was my kind of, uh, you know, uh, young, young movie. No, not the, not the sequel, the original. Uh, no, I meant Space Jam's a sequel to Space Camp. Oh, yeah, I guess it could be, yeah. That's how the monsters get back to Earth, so I forgot. Hands, maybe, I don't know if you'll be able to back me up on this. This this may even be, even though there's only like a year difference between us, but do you remember, like, as a kid, wasn't Space Camp, like, that was the premiere thing, right? Like, not the movie, about going to an actual Space Camp. camp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, oh, like, yeah. there was, there was you know, summer camps or whatever, but then you could actually go to NASA in Florida for space camp. Yeah. But it was, like, supposedly priced and, you know. All this stuff. is pretty much like that. Like, all that stuff that you would do at space camp is in this movie, and it, it's pretty cool, like, to see all that. So. Love it. Love I just it. want the Bible camp instead. Sick. <laughs> it's right around the corner. God bless. <laughs> all right Harry, what do you got yeah so uh so for my three honorable mentions um i will start with my first one um i left this off the list because i still i think this is the second best uh of the series uh and that's going to be die hard with a vengeance from 1995 directed by john mctiernan starring bruce willis samuel jackson and jeremy irons um, now the Rotten Tomatoes score for this is just under, uh, fresh at 59%. Metacritic was 58% as, uh, they titled it mixed or average reviews. Um, and, uh, I think the public is with me on this cause IMDb scores this as 7.6 and Letterbox says it as 3.7. Um, I, I love this movie. Uh, this movie and I would say bad boys for me were two movies that like kind of introduced me to adult action, um, back in, in the uh, mid nineties. Um, and, uh, I think this is a great sequel to the, to Die Hard. Um, I think Jeremy Irons is incredible and underrated in this as a, as a great villain. Um, the Bruce Willis and Samuel Jackson chemistry, I think, uh, is top tier, uh, when it comes to buddy cop type movies. Um, the reason for it, like I said, uh, that I left it off of my list is, um, the reviews are pretty close to almost positive and, uh, it's probably the second best movie of the Die Hard franchise in my opinion. Um, so that's why I just missed out next one for me. Um, because, you know, this is, I think of a time similar to what we talked about with Pearl Harbor, um, in, in a way, but star Wars episode one, the Phantom Menace, uh, written and directed by George Lucas, uh, from 2001 
starring Ewan McGregor, Liam Neeson, Natalie Portman, um, Jake Lloyd. Um, the Rotten Tomatoes score and Metacritic score for this were 52 and 51. Um, and the Letterboxd score for this is 2.8. So the public's not really with me on this one. Um, you know, and I, I was trying to remember, and I should have looked it up before, but I, I was trying to remember where I ranked this one in, in the in the history of uh, Star Wars films. And the reason why I left it off my actual list is that I do think it's about probably middle uh, of the road for Star Wars movies. But this one was kind of my first reintroduction into Star Wars. I, I had seen the original trilogy, um, but I remember watching this and thinking, yeah, there, there's some... You know, maybe it's not as good as the original, you know, trilogy, but I, I think this this got a lot of hate at the time for not being um, another game changer um, or not continuing the legacy. Is it a bit wordy? Is it a bit, you know, um, maybe flat uh, in a way? Uh, I, I, I get that, but um, I think it's a strong, uh, strong candidate in the in the Star Wars saga, and we'll see where the uh, the movie franchise goes from here, but. Skywalker trilogy, I think it's still probably middle tier, which is why I left it off. And then the last entry on my list is is a movie that I remember seeing, and I remember being like, "This was solid," but not um, over the top, like uh, awesome. And then I remember seeing the reviews and being like, "This movie was actually a lot better than I think people gave it credit for." Uh, and that's a uh, 2016's The Accountant. Uh, directed by Gavin O'Connor, another Ben Affleck uh, throw in there. So he's uh, prominently featured in, in this guilty pleasure list. Uh, starring Anna Kendrick, Anna Kendrick, J.K. Simmons, John Bernthal. Um, and it's got a cast of other kind of, um, you know, it has Jeffrey Tambor, uh, John Jonathan Lithgow, Gene Smart. Um, and basically the premise for this one, if, if, you, if you're unfamiliar with The Accountant, um, is a math uh, savant uncooks the books uh, for a new client, the treasury department closes in on his activities and the body count starts to rise. Um, I think there's actually going to be an accountant too. I don't know how this happened. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, this one had a, had a rotten tomato score of 52% a Metacritic score of 51. Um, and the public seems to be a little bit with me on this with IMDb is a 7.3 and letterbox is a 3.2. Um, yeah, if, if you go look at my letterbox, I think I scored it like a three or a three and a half probably. But I remember thinking a lot about this movie after really enjoying it at the time and um, probably need to give it another watch to to solidify it maybe for the uh, the next time we do Guilty Pleasures 2, Electric Boogaloo. Um, but uh, but yeah, the, this one is, uh, is a lot of fun. If you haven't seen it, I think it's worth checking out. However, um, I'm starting to question myself when it comes to these mid-tier movies. Um, as recommendations because it just doesn't seem to be my bag um, that comes across for everyone. So, uh, Papa, what about for you? What are your uh, what are your feelings on these honorable mentions here? Yeah, you got some uh, pretty decent stuff here. Um, look, I'll be honest, I am not a fan of the Die Hard franchise. Um, That's I I have not. I know I have not seen the two the last two films, the the ones that were made post 2000, uh, zero interest of the original three. I think this one is far and away the best. Um, I think this is a, a really good pick. I really enjoy it. I think yeah. that chemistry, um, it's a borderline. Me. I think it's more of a mixed review movie, but, uh, I couldn't not include it just because I saw the hate for it and said, this has got it. This is, if, if you put this on, if you came over and like, we're like, let's check this out. I would probably watch the whole thing. Um, you know, sure. That. Well, yeah, and like everybody, when they talk about Die Hard, 
goes to the original, right? Oh, it's a, per- this it's a perfect one, movie. It's a perfect movie, the original. Yeah, uh, but this one, you know, is is a, a, a fine, fine choice. And, and, yeah, and it's one where the I, third is actually more of a direct sequel to the first. So, uh, right. you know, you can skip right. two. I think it's fine. Um, The Accountant, I have not seen. Uh, it's interesting what kind of sticks in the old memory banks, because I can picture the poster to this yeah, pretty yeah, clearly, yeah. even though I've never seen the movie. Um, I had no idea it had this cast, though, and this cast intrigues me a lot. So uh, this might be something I'll have to peep one day. And then episode one is interesting to me because, ah, man, I think maybe I have slightly rose-tinted glasses on with this one. like. Don't get me wrong, it's firmly in the bottom third of, like, the, the Skywalker saga movies, so, like, the main nine, mm. um, for me, anyway. But I still enjoy it, and, um, like, I just, I will never forget, like, coming out of this movie, um, I saw it at Franklin Mills, and then we went to the Five Below, um, that was right there, and we bought basically dollar knockoff um, lightsabers and walking home from the movie, we were having lightsaber fights. We were so jazzed up about this movie. Um, You know, I've rewatched it several, maybe borderline many times since. And yes, the, the political aspect of it doesn't necessarily hold up. Um, or not that it, it doesn't hold up, but it holds up fine. It's just, it's boring to me. Jar Jar can't stand him. I don't know yeah, that he'll ever tough. track for me, but, um, but yeah, there's definitely something to this. And also even, you know, as far as me and my personal anecdote, you know, being in that time and place when this released, but, um, even beyond that, uh, just like the excitement of knowing what this kicks off for better or worse. right like this is the start of that journey across time and space so it's um yeah it's a mixed bag for me on this one but i think it's a good choice thanks Mm -hmm. all right so die hard with a vengeance uh i agree this i i i will go back and forth and say this could be the best of the trilogy i'd love i love one but i think three is the most enjoyable um just with the banter with samuel jackson um, anyone, uh, yeah, Harry, I agree that you can skip two. This is the, three is a direct sequel to one. Two just basically says the whole time, like, oh, you're from Nakatomi Plaza. Oh, you're yeah. John McClane. I know you. And then three actually has a direct storyline connected to it. Um, and it just, it just, you know, there's a lot more. It gives you some riddles to work out. And, uh, and yeah, it just, uh, Jeremy Irons is, is fantastic in this movie. Um, so yeah, uh, uh, that's, I, I don't care. Anyone who hates that movie is, is, is dumb. Um, the accountant. So I've only actually seen this movie once. Um, and it was, I, I think this, this might've been in my red box days when I, when I picked this up on, on red box, checked it out. Um, good movie. It seems a lot slower than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, but it, it actually is like once it kind of picks up and you start to see, uh, I don't kind of want to go into any spoilers. I know Greg, I would, you know, once you watch it, um, but, you know, Bernthal's great in this movie. Affleck's great in this movie. Um, yeah, they are making an accountant, too. Um, I'm assuming I mean, it's with Affleck. And I don't know if um, Anna Kendrickson, I don't know anything in, about it. Um, but it is it is a slower 
paced movie, but uh, I think it's one of those movies with a slower pace has a good payoff to it. Yeah. Um, and I don't really want to talk about Phantom Menace. Um, I, I don't like it. I don't. I, I just. All right. Hey, I great choice. But did you walk out of this one? I uh, sure did. Uh, <laughs> I, I did. Uh, I actually went back because um, when I was talking, I, I didn't go to school that day. And I, me and my friend Scott were actually considering going to uncut school and go back to school to to go because we didn't want to wow. finish watching Star Wars. We were going to say, look, we made a mistake. I'm sorry. Please let us back but into the building. The next day, that Monday when we went to school, other people like, you know, the, that was the big thing to see. And they told us about the lightsaber fight. And we said, huh? What? Mm. So then I went back to watch it. And I saw the lightsaber fight with um with Darth Maul, which uh is the only redeeming part of that movie. Thank God we live in a day age of streaming, and we can just fast forward to that part if we want to. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Sorry, Jake Lloyd. Wherever you are, you're a terrible actor. Jeez. And and the script didn't help. Bully sorry, kid. That's rough. Understood. <laughs> sorry, he's not a kid now. Uh-huh. <laughs> He was at the time he made it, so just bullying adults. Know. Yeah, as I just, as I just, I, you know, made fun of, of um, fat shaming on the heavyweights and yeah. made a comment that how wrong it was. I'm bullying kids. I don't care. Okay. Sorry. All right. So, um, cool. Let's move on to the main entries here. Uh, first up for me is 1973's Godzilla vs. Megalon, uh, directed by Jun Fukuda, starring Katsuhiko Sasaki, Yutaka Hayashi, and Robert Dunham. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes score 38%. I think if you ask most Godzilla fans in terms of quality of Godzilla movies, um, probably very low to the bottom. Uh, There's a couple things that make this a guilty pleasure for me and why I love it so much. Number one, out of all the eras of Godzilla films, the Showa era, which is basically from the inception of Godzilla, the first film, all the way up until uh, approximately 1989, all of those films are considered the Showa era. That's my era of Godzilla. Um, the stuff that comes after isn't as good for me. This one falls into there, but also um, it's just goofy. It's goofy as hell, and I love it. Uh, <laughs> first of all, you've got a. Um, inventor and his friend and i think one of their sons i can't even remember but um they're all living together they make this robot named jet jaguar who the behind the scenes story of that was this character was created by a elementary school kid they won a contest and so they actually put this in a godzilla movie fantastic um the inventor makes Jet Jaguar. There is a uh, basically the equivalent of Atlantis in this movie, which is called Seatopia. The Seatopians are angry at the surface people and they want to uh, commandeer Jet Jaguar and take over the world and uh, destroy the surface people. Godzilla says, uh uh uh, and uh, <laughs> comes to fight against Seatopia's own monster, Megalon. Seatopia, uh, the underwater kingdom, who has a monster that is a beetle. Go figure that out. Megalon's a giant horned beetle. Um, but if you thought the silliness ended there, not so fast because Jet Jaguar then uh, comes to he breaks his mind control programming uh, that the Seatopians put him under. He teams up with Godzilla to fight Megalon, and then the Seatopians 
put in some intraspace calls to their alien comrades who appeared in the previous movie, and they send their bad guy from space, Gigon. And guess what? Now we got ourselves a tag team match. It's Godzilla Unbelievable. and Jet Jaguar versus Megalon and Gigon. Uh, are you making this three up? Three of my favorite are you monsters. Are making this up just before we go any further? I am not. I swear huh. to God, this right. is the plot. I believe you. Um, so three of my favorite monsters and Jet Jaguar, who is a thing. Um, look, the fight is silly. If you've ever seen a funny Godzilla gif, uh, it probably comes from this movie. Um, he dances, he does drop kicks, he does all kinds of stuff, but I don't know what it is. I love this movie. I love it so much. It just hits a sweet spot in, uh, uh, my Godzilla fandom and my childhood. Um, and as goofy as it is, man, I, uh, I would kill to, to watch this for the first time and relive all of this over and uh hey you know what even if you're not a fan of this type of godzilla the original old school stuff maybe you think it's um kitschy or campy or whatever which many of these movies can be and this one is i would still go out of your way to watch this because it's such a good time half the time you're gonna be like what the hell is going on and the other half the time you're gonna be fists in the air like yes let's go it's so good uh so all that being said, have any of you guys actually seen Godzilla vs. Megalon? I know it's a long shot. And uh, did I sell you on it? <laughs> I, can you repeat everything you just said yeah. with what this movie is about? Um, <laughs> I can, but I'm not going I, to. I, I have not seen... Uh, my Godzilla, um, uh, I guess, viewing is based on the Matthew Broderick movie. Um, uh. <laughs> the um the one that Harry went to see without me one time at the movies I didn't see end up not seeing that which was like 2014 what was that that sound right yeah it's okay. called Godzilla but yeah Godzilla yeah we didn't see that one I saw it um it was great I you saw I'm sorry you saw it yeah um and then the one that came out with King Kong um hold on Godzilla so you haven't Kong. seen any of the original Japanese Godzilla movies no. ever no wow. okay. I might have. I mean, I might have. I don't remember them. I, is that the way they had like a like a grown man in a Godzilla costume fighting well, yeah. another man in a? Again, this was before the advent yeah. of, of CGI. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, no, I don't remember. I might have. I, I feel like the only thing I remember, like I know, all Godzilla movies have like a human factor to it, and I don't. I I'm I'm at the point where like I don't want to see that. I just want to see monsters beat the hell out of each other for like two hours like get, destroy all the humans i don't care just just start beating each other up um but i don't i don't ever i i don't i honestly i couldn't tell you if if i did see it i couldn't tell you which one i watched if it was godzilla versus whatever maybe mecha godzilla um maybe uh, i remember a robot That's running a around somewhere maybe yeah. it was jet johnson or whatever his name was um Joan Jet Johnson or whatever. I'm Jet not Jaguar sure. Now. Jet Jaguar. <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't know, but uh, I don't much sound this. I'm glad you enjoy it. Um, and as a Godzilla fan, uh, that's not me, Harry. <laughs> yeah, I, I got to be honest. I thought Greg was making this up halfway through. Um, he could have been. Well, yeah, he could. He could have. Uh, he could have. Hundred percent. Like, he he could have put a twist in the story that like when I go to watch this movie, if I ever do, I'm be like, wait a minute. Yeah, hold on. That's who's Jet two, Jaguar. Two truths. That's not his if, name. Two truths and a lie from this movie, and I, I wouldn't <laughs> yeah. be able to pick it out. Um, 
I uh, I know you are a big fan, Papa, of uh, the collection of uh, Japanese and all the Godzilla stuff. Uh, I am probably never going to watch this. Did you sell it on me? If if I showed up to your house one time to watch a wrestling event and you popped this in, of course, I'll check it out with you. We'll have a great time. Um, uh, but having watched Godzilla minus one, probably the best Godzilla adaptation I've, I've ever seen. Uh, I think I'll just, I'll stick with the good stuff when it comes to Godzilla and not the, uh, the guilty pleasure stuff. So sorry. Got to That's fair. That and I, I will say, I mean, this is, Oh, the original Godzilla film, which, you know, was an allegory for, um, the horrors of atomic war, um, yeah. that came out in the fifties and, um, this film, which came out, you know, approximately 20 years later, maybe a little less, right. 15, was the complete opposite end of the spectrum. <laughs> yeah. You could not get a less serious God. Well, that's not true. There, there is one more less serious Godzilla film, but this one's fun. The other one's crap. So, <laughs> all right. Just fair enough. Uh, hands, what do you got? <laughs> Um, I don't have a Godzilla movie. I bet it doesn't have um, Cetopians. <laughs> I'm going to go 2009 Speed Racer, which is directed by the Wachowskis, mm-hmm. um, starring Emil Hirsch, John Goodman, uh, Christina Ricci, and Matthew Fox. Uh, I know, Greg, you don't like this movie at all, or you haven't seen it. I feel like we've gone back and forth about this movie. Um, uh, you're wrong. That's what I'm going to say. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, this is this is honestly, and, and the reason I'm going to say, like, this is probably guilty pleasure of mine, is I will not defend this movie if you want to come out at me and say it's not a good movie because it's it, from an enjoy, enjoyability factor. Um, this A couple of reasons this failed. It's um, I, I think it, it, it was released literally the week after the MCU was born, so terrible release timing because um, Iron Man was still going strong um, after, you know... It, I don't think they expected Iron Man to be killing it as much as it did. Um, but it, it really like visual. If uh, disclaimer, if you are, are sensitive to flashing lights and, and uh, you know, color changes and just bright lights and colors popping at you, you probably won't like this movie. Um, but I think the, the design of it and it, it's such, it was a hard movie to make because I know it, the, the source material is very like anime is hard to do in live action. Uh, I think they did their best. Uh, if you're not familiar with speed racer, it's like a seventies, eighties cartoon, um, Japanese cartoon where, um, you know, there's a racer named speed. Uh, it has to deal with, you know, all different types of races and all that, all that fun stuff and has a little monkey friend and, and, uh, racer X who's sometimes a bad guy and other times a good guy, um, played by Matthew Fox. Um, the movie tries to make it very put a little political tone to it and like kind of more of a i for like more of an adult nature to it outside of what the cartoon really was was just a, a racer um and they tried to do a little more with it and and wachowski movies that's that's their thing it, it's there has to be some some kind of over overarching I guess struggle or whatever, like the matrix and cloud Atlas and all those type of movies. Like they can't just have a basic racer movie. Um, there has to be something else going on. Um, I, I think that a lot of people were kind of turned off by it. I think the, the casting in this movie is great. Um, Emil Hirsch might've been a little miscast it because I think at that time he was, I think his star was, was shining bright. And then I think this might've took it a little, I think after this bombed, 
he was still around, but was not really a, a, a household name that I think this movie was going to put on him. Um, and then Matthew Fox was coming off Lost Fame, which uh, he plays Racer X in this. Um, I'm not going to spoil it for anyone who's seen it, but uh, if you're going to watch it, if not, then whatever. Sorry. Um, Christina Ricci's in it. I, I don't honestly, I don't remember her name in this. Um, but Trixie, Trixie yes. It's. I think visually, it's a great. I think this was. I think Wachowskis were doing uh, with their visual effects um, from like the Matrix and all their the CGI they did in the Matrix. I think they did something really different in here and really took a ambitious chance at this. Um, I love it. I've watched it multiple, multiple times, and a lot of people are always like, "Nah, no, nah, I don't. No, nah, it's not Speed Racer that I know and I grew up with." Like, all right, well, guess what? It, grow up. So you tell him, um, Har, what have you seen Speed Racer? No, I, I have not. Um, I, uh, <laughs> I, this is just one that I think when I was working at the movie theater just came out, didn't get good reviews and I, I let it take hold. Um, I remember this being one of the first hills you, uh, you die on, um, in our friendship as far as how you, uh, support this movie. So, um, yeah, great choice for your, for your entry list, but yeah, I, I don't know if I'll ever see Speed Racer. But it's a great guilty pleasure choice for you, for sure. Yep. What do you got, Greg? Um, so I will say I did used to staunchly argue with you against this. And, yeah, I mean, it's – look, it's a bad movie. These are all objectively bad based on the scores, Not right? according to me. None of, nobody's arguing that here. Um, I do think I need to go back and rewatch this because the last time I saw it was maybe – a year or two after um, it had been in theaters. The only lasting visual that I remember from this is just the, it, it I, rem- I remember the tracks and the colors and everything just kind of looking like a rainbow had vomited everywhere. Um, maybe the visual effects are different <laughs> and I don't, I'm misremembering, but um I like the Wachowskis. I like this cast. Uh, I definitely want to give it another shot. Um, I was always more of a racer X guy than, than speed, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I know that you like this, so I'm happy it's on here and I'm happy it's not cloud Atlas. So, (laughs) um, I, yeah, there was, there was a struggle because uh, that was probably, um, after I, I thought I said speed racer and I did Wachowski's, I'm like, should I just, should I do it? I'm like, I love, I, I do like cloud Atlas. I do like cloud Atlas, but I, I, I was like, I'm not, I'm not bringing that hill into it. So no, (laughs) Uh, all right, Harry, what do you got for us? Yeah, so my first uh, choice is, uh, as Chris had mentioned earlier with Road Trip, uh, 2000 Scary Movie, um, directed by Keenan Ivory Wayans, uh, starring Anna Faris, Regina Hall, and uh, Marlon and Sean uh, Wayans. Um, they also helped uh, helped write the movie as well. Um, so yeah, I saw this when I was 13 and thought this was the funniest movie I'd ever seen in my life. Um, it is probably dated. Um, it probably doesn't, uh, hold up very well. Uh, for, for those who aren't aware of what scary movie is, it's kind of a spoof on a lot of the nineties, uh, horror films. Um, you know, scream, I know what you did last summer, Blair witch project, um, the sixth sense and just kind of, you know, making fun and spoofing those, um, there's, uh, yeah, I, I don't really have much else to say than I was 13 and, and thought this was the funniest movie I'd ever seen in my life. 
Um, I, I would say if you put this on for me now, I probably would get caught up watching it. Um, I also, in my research, when I was when I was picking this one, I was mm-hmm. like, well, do I remember any of the other ones? Um, I didn't remember that there was five of them. Um, and I, I, I was having a laugh because on, uh, the poster for the first movie, it said no mercy, no shame, no sequel, um, which is quite hilarious. So, um, you know, I, I feel like I'm a little bit biased here. Um, I didn't even mention the Rotten Tomatoes score was 51 for this Metacritic 48, uh, Letterboxd is three. Um, and IMDb is 6.3. So, uh, a little love there from the public. Uh, for me on this one to agree with, but uh, I, I, this was probably the start of kind of the, I want to say, two thousands like run of spinoff movies. Um, what what was it? Not another teen movie that ended up happening as well oh, down the line. Um, I don't That's know. If that was, I don't know if that was more two thousand and tens, but. There was there was a superhero one. There was yeah. Meet the Spartans. Spartans. Yeah, meet the Spartans. yeah, yeah. Superhero superhero movie. Meet the Spartans. Um, yeah, I, I, everything, every genre. And listen, when had... we when we worked at the movie theater, the, this was definitely your eleven thirty crowd. Um, you didn't worry about the oh, movie yeah. until about eleven thirty when it got moved to the big house. And you know there was uh it was a sold out show of four hundred people, and uh, the concession <laughs> stand line was uh, extremely long. Um, but yeah, the, the first one I just have fond memories of, of going to my friend's house and him putting this on and, uh, definitely not of age to watch it and, uh, not stop, couldn't stop laughing. Um, a tight hour and a half, um, worth of, of laughs. And Hey, if you appreciate those, those horror films of the nineties, like I did or do, I should say, um, at least some of them, I think I know what you did last summer is a little campy. Um, you know, this is, uh, this is worth checking out for a nice laugh, but again, probably, probably has got some dated humor. Yeah, I, 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 so I, I, I do agree. I I haven't watched any of these movies in years. Um, and yeah, there's like five of them. You're an adult now, so it makes sense. I'm an adult, so I don't, yeah, I, I I actually like spoof movies from like the eighties, like Airplane, that's my kind, those are great. And I love those. Uh, Scary Movie, I think there was a break where they didn't really do, spoof movies weren't really a big thing. So Scary Movie, I agree. It has one of my favorite spoofs of Usual, Usual Suspects. Um, mm-hmm. The ending to that yeah, yeah. with uh, Doofy, Doofy the cop. Yeah, it's got a Matrix like um, action uh, scene thrown in there as well at some point. Yeah. Like a kudos to that. And I would even argue like the second one is is a little. I, I had I I feel like is a little funnier than this one, but um, yeah. I mean it, this it kind of revamped I, I and, and reignited the 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 spoof um, the spoof yeah. genre. Um, yeah. I, I I do love this. I it's, again, I, Anna Faris. I for maybe ten years, I thought it was Christina Ricci, um, because I think they look very similar, um, but uh, they're not the same person. So, yeah. little do I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think this is a good pick. I uh, I'm more of a fan, like hands, of the second film, uh, and I think there's more memorable stuff in the second film, but the first film is good. I will say after the third one, I saw the third one. Mm. I think maybe I saw the fourth one too, but I was like, I was starting to check out. And then once all of these spoof movies came along, I just, I, I fully checked out. Like even as a young, dumb idiot teenager, I was like, this is too much. 
Um, yeah. I think there might have been a disaster movie one too. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I hate, I hate yeah. that this spawned or unleashed a genre of just super cheap, idiotic sophomoric humor like no thought given just like hey let's steal scenes from a movie and parody parody it and that's it um i hate that that's what came of this but the first two um scary movies really really good stuff so good pick here uh okay gonna move back to me and i'm gonna go with my next one which is Let's go with 1987's Masters of the Universe, directed by Gary Goddard, starring Dolph Lundgren, Frank Langella. Um, this was nominated for the 1988 Razzie for Worst Supporting Actor uh, for Billy Barty as Wildor. Uh, this has a Rotten Tomatoes score of 21%. So here's the thing. I'm a huge He-Man fan. Huge. Um, this movie, while it... Like in to the general public, it was released far after Masters of the Universe had died. I think She-Ra um, was probably out the door at this point too, or it was on its last leg. So the time of He-Man was done by the time this movie came out. But um, they were trying their best, I think, to make as good a movie as they could. But there was like zero budget. Um, there's a lot of stuff if you watch this that that is very much. Star Wars ripoff, um, even the score to the soundtrack uh, kind of like is a mix of Superman and Star Wars. So they're cribbing some of John Williams' best stuff, even though the score is good. Um, but man, I still love this movie. <laughs> uh, I think Dove Lundgren as He-Man has the look, maybe not the acting chops uh, although he's not terrible um he's charismatic but he doesn't have a ton of dialogue to work with but the star here frank langella as skeletor oh my god he's so great in this um it's funny because he said he took the role for his kids because you know he he knew that they loved he-man and um he's fully under makeup so you know unrecognizable but he plays skeletor uh with such a fierce villainy and there's so many awesome awesome quotes from skeletor in this um you know tell me about the uh the loneliness of good he man is it uh equal to the loneliness of evil and you know you will kneel before me things of that nature just a lot of good stuff but um yeah i don't know this this movie very typical B action sci-fi fantasy movie, uh, but a lot of fun. Also, I forgot to mention, but young Courtney Cox in here. This might be one of her first uh, movie roles, um, and she plays the uh, the female lead in this. Uh, a lot of people give it crap because He-Man is taken from Eternia, and basically he and his crew are transported to Earth. The battle is brought to Earth. Um, so most of the time is spent on earth instead of this fantasy setting. Uh, but that doesn't bother me as much. It's, um, it's just entertaining to me. (laughs) Uh, so I know I'm giving this a lot of love just because I'm a He-Man fan and, and, you know, this was, um, you know, even though the dream had died for many, I was still riding that He-Man high. Uh, did you guys happen to see this? And if so, what are your thoughts on it? 
I've seen clips of it. I, I've never actually seen the whole movie. I've seen clips of Frank Langella as um as Skeletor, um, mm-hmm. and I've seen I I think I've seen clips of like old Courtney Cox like and with um with Dolph Lundgren, but I don't I don't think I've ever sat down. I know my cousin was a big like really big in the Masters of the Universe and like big He Man fan, so I feel like that's where I saw some of that like because I used to go to their house all the time, but he was a little older than me. Um, mm-hmm. but that's kind of my extent. I know the the Masters of the Universe like product i i've always been interested in but i never really gave it the time i know like netflix added some shows that that i heard are, are pretty good yeah they um, are good that i want to check out um but yeah i i i uh it's kind of like one of those like if i go back on an 80s kick and want to you know check out something like if i get onto the masters of the universe train i'll probably end up going and checking it out so thanks i know i know i bet you know who hasn't seen it it's your boy. Well, yeah, this was, uh, this was beyond Harry's yeah, time, I Yeah, I gotta think. say, uh, yeah. Greg, I just noticed you don't have anything past 2005 for your, uh, yeah. which is pretty wild. Um, Harry might as well just sign off now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't actually, I don't know if I ever realized that there was a He-Man uh, movie uh, that wasn't animated um, either. So that, that's kind of interesting as well. Um, also, a woman hater poster club. And tell me if. Just based off the poster, if that looks like something you'd see. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll take a look. I think I pulled it up actually a minute ago because I said, was this animated or not? Uh, Master. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of has some like Power Rangers looking vibe with uh, with with good old Dolph there in the center. Um, it's just, yeah, I mean, pretty sick poster. Uh, but Drew Struzan. Yeah, I uh, yeah, this is this. This meets all the requirements of a guilty pleasure. Just taking a look at some of the set photos. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, happy for you, King. I'm I'm glad this this sticks in the memory as as just a movie you like to throw on and just smile for. Um, yeah, wow. You you I, I can't sorry. believe I, I get made fun of on this pod for have, picking old movies that are that are great, and here we are. And you can't even pick What's a movie so? past 2005 that was bad. So I think that's probably when, I mean... that's when you became cultured, maybe Papa. I don't I don't know. So. Um, <laughs> I think so. No, no. Look, this is just the stuff that comes to mind. <laughs> hey, I hear you, bro. Also, he he man was famous for his woman haters club. <laughs> ah, <laughs> nice, very true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, what do you got next, Dan? Um, so I got um 2014's A Million Ways to Die in the West, which is directed by Seth MacFarlane, Charlize Theron, Liam Neeson, Giovanni Ribisi, Sarah Silverman, Neil Patrick Harris. Had a Rotten Tomato score, a, a criminally low Rotten Tomato score of 33. percent uh, this was um, Seth MacFarlane's second um, second uh, take into live action, I guess, because he he did Ted before, which I think Ted was two thousand eleven or two thousand twelve or two thousand thirteen. Um, this was more along um, with actually him starring in it as as the um, as the main the main actor. Um, what I want to, I want to go back. I love Seth MacFarlane. I think he is a comedic genius. Um, everything that he's done is is great. And and this this is basically a long a, a a longer episode of Family Guy, and set in the West, like a Western version of Family Guy. Um, and Seth MacFarlane, I think, is just like a lot of people hate this because they're like it's just kind of like a sketch comedy show or just like a slapstick type of. Yeah, that's that's if you're if you know who's directing and starring in this, then you're you're you should be well aware of what you're going into. Um, my comment with Mark Wahlberg of how much I hate him and don't they think he's a good actor, um, saying that I praise everything Seth MacFarlane does. Uh, he did, you know, 
he was in two Ted movies, which I, I do adore. Um, but Wahlberg is the weakest part of that. Um, no, everything you have, like, this is such a, a, a crazy movie because, um, uh, you know, a lot of people, I don't even think a lot of people knew what Seth MacFarlane looked like. Um, cause he was just basically everything was animated through family guy. Um, but then he got people to sign on like Charlize Theron, um, Liam Neeson, like a lot of big names to, to kind of be a part of this. And, um, I know a lot of those, a lot of those actors had something to do in, um, in family guy, like voice, some voices here or there. Um, this is just a good old slapstick type movie. Like it's not supposed to be taken seriously. There's a lot, nothing, there's no scene in this that is straightforward. It's all silly. And I think in that time where a lot of people were, it was just a lot of the R rated movies were like teen movies that were coming out or just, they were, I, I, I can't think of another example, but I, I think this kind of moves, like just going to the, the, uh, the spoof movie genre. I don't think like we got, we really get these slapstick type movies and these like this kind of comedy. And I think kind of bringing that back, I, I thought it was great. Um, it was a good R rated Seth MacFarlane movie. I think he does great in the lead. I think, all the supporting cast in this movie is fantastic. Um, Seth MacFarlane is one of the best monologues about all the things that could kill you in the West um, that he goes on for like two or three minutes and it's, it's perfect. Um, yeah. I, I don't, I, I think that this got a lot of a, 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 a lower rating that it doesn't really receive. And I think a lot of people were going in with different expectations, but um, yeah. What are your thoughts? Hack, have you seen Hack? Tell me if you've at least seen this. I have. Okay, good. Right. Yeah, similar yeah. similar to Papa uh in regards to just go with it. Um I couldn't tell you anything about this movie. Um oh, come on. I remember zero. <laughs> um I'm not a huge Seth MacFarlane guy, never really been a big on Family Guy. Um I think Ted's good. Um and it just shows you how much he's trying to claim Seth MacFarlane's trying to stick to that as far as making a second movie and now making a show um of ted which you know in my small circle of the internet is apparently good um but yeah yeah i this one just didn't click for me i uh i don't know why um but yeah perfect example of a of a of a chris hanratty special in regards to that so you ride for your people so i appreciate that about you so this one is interesting because i remember at one of our conferences um seeing the preview for this like well before the trailer had ever dropped and i was like oh man that looks pretty good i'm excited for it enjoyed ted but i think by the time this actually rolled out um or, or released i was just over the seth mcfarlane thing like th there got to a to a point where it just seemed like he and his stuff was everywhere and i just like i didn't have yeah, exactly. And I didn't have any um, drive to go and see this. And I do enjoy Ted and Ted too. But ever since I got that feeling, I I just I'm out on like Seth MacFarlane properties. I know, you know, he is a funny guy, um, family guy. I enjoyed it in the beginning. And then it just kind of went on forever. Uh, American Dad, same thing. I've heard good things about the Orville, but I just have no desire to check it out because the Orville is good. Yeah. I'm, I'm just over. So I don't know. Um, for me, I'm out on this, but, uh, happy to hear it, it hit for you. If there was one person in Hollywood that I could have like lunch with or like a dinner, like I it would, it would probably be like Seth MacFarlane. Like that's how Ooh, like, my second, I, my second guest was Mark Wahlberg. 
<laughs> no, he could he could bring me my food if I spin it. Uh, all right, Harry, what do you got next? Yeah, so my uh, my next film on the, on my list is uh, 2012's uh, Project X, um, starring Thomas Mann. Um, I mentioned that because I don't think uh, anyone else uh, in the cast nor the director have done anything noteworthy. <laughs> If you're not familiar with Project X, uh, three high school seniors throw a birthday party to make a name for themselves as the night progresses. Things spiral out of control as word of the party spreads. Um, this uh, scored a 29% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, Metacritic was 46. The people of Letterboxd and IMDb got my back here. 6.7 on IMDb, 3.2 on Letterboxd. Um, and I think the perfect way to describe Project X is that it's a, uh, it's probably the party... Um, and I'm looking at the poster and laughing cause I was, I was thinking of words to describe it earlier and it's the party you've only dreamed about. Um, and I think we all have a nostalgic feeling to thinking back to our glory days, you know, whether it, have, it was high school, college, you know, maybe early adulthood where you went to that one party where you had that one event that just you speak about to this day with your friends or, you know, you think back on fondly, um, and that is kind of what this movie is um, and is built for. Uh, there's there's a uh, there's a song, Kid Cudi's Pursuit of Happiness, that drops in here, uh, as well as many other songs um, that just uh, really, really kick it up a notch. Um, I think it's the movie that probably people who haven't seen Superbad think of um, just because of the way it's structured with the three friends. One's the lovable kind of loser that they both make fun of. The other one's kind of the guy who, you know, is on the borderline of being popular um, and things of that nature. Um, but yeah, this is, this is a party taken to the next level. Miles Teller shows up in this movie as not my, as, as Miles Teller. Um, I don't know. He's like a, he apparently is a pitcher uh, who maybe used to go to the high school or something in the movie. I don't, it's weird. It's a weird cameo, but it's, it's amazing. Um, this is the best way you can describe it. And uh, yeah, the, the movie is kind of like one of those just, you know, one night adventure movies. Um, highly, hi, again, this is another one. It's an hour and a half, uh, another great runtime. And if, uh, if you put it on, I'm probably sitting there watching it. And um, a great soundtrack with uh, songs kicking in that just uh, rock it. Um, I'm going to go to Chris first because I don't think he's seen this one. And I just wanted to confirm. So. No. So um, I actually made a comment like this, maybe uh, like, <laughs> With Catherine, we were watching something, and I was like, "This was maybe in the past couple of months." Where I forget what we were watching. My thought was, "I've never gone to a high school party that like that movies look like that." I think it was like Mean yeah. Girls, where like we were. I was watching Mean Girls, and they had like a like a killer party where like 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 forty yeah. people there, and everyone's like, "I've never been to one of those parties." So I want. I was just looking at pictures of Project X to see like anything. I don't, I've never even, oh, I, this thing happens in my dreams exactly. of like, of like exactly. wanting to go to a party like that. Premise. Um, so no, I have not seen it, but I would love to like, you know, see, like, hopefully if, you know, if you guys are ever throwing a party like this, I hope I'll invite <laughs> it. Um, I'm not going to go to a high school party and do that. Cause that's weird. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, probably man. I just I don't know. I, it makes me sad that I've never actually gone. I don't even think they exist in real life. I think it's just movies, to be honest. Hey, um, that's that's what they're there for. It looks, it looks crazy. This looks like super bad. It looks like I, yeah. I for, for when this got announced, I thought this was a found footage movie about people at a party. 
that's what I thought it was, and I might be thinking of something else. But you know, like um, the Blair Witch Project. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> mixed it up. <laughs> that's, party in the woods. Where's the, where's the party? There's trees everywhere. Yeah. Um. So yeah, but uh, I don't know too much. Of, yeah. So I don't even know who Thomas Mann is. Yeah, I, he was the only. Is he the one that? Is he the one that looks like Josh Gad? Uh, no, no, that was a different actor. Uh, Thomas okay. Mann. He was also in Me Earl and the Dying Girl, and uh, that's my favorite. He movie. was in Kong Skull Island, but I think he had a small role in that, and he's probably been in a bunch uh, of second favorite. This guy's, this guy's been a few of my favorites. He was in Winning Time as Johnny as Johnny Bus. Um, but yeah, not a, oh, okay. not an every, not a huge role. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's, he's definitely kind of, you know, li- listen, nobody was there. No star was made, I believe from this movie. So, uh, Papa, what about you? I feel like this could have been a movie that you snuck out to and you saw like an eight thirty show, um, either that or you didn't see it. So it's one or the other one hundo. Uh, I did go see this yes. and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, yeah, uh, I I am with hands. I had to live vicariously through these movies because I'm pretty sure they don't exist in real life, at least not in high school. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed this a lot. I feel like if I were to rewatch this, I'd probably watch it with like my hands covering my face, maybe like peeking through my fingers mm-hmm. because I'm 40 now and I'm a dad and I'm like, Oh God, like just thinking about the property damage and like the bills that would add up, like the cost of all looking at it from a different perspective. That's where my mind goes. Cleaning up. Yeah. Life has ruined me guys. So, um, but this is interestingly timely. Oh, so first of all, good, good pick, but this is interestingly timely because literally today I read a tweet and I don't know the accuracy of it, but, um, they were saying they were thinking about making a sequel called Project XX. Yes. And yeah. I think it was going to be female-led. So kind of odd uh, out of after all this time they decide to go with yeah. that. But um, Over 10 years. I, I think mean, I, what did I say this was, 20, 2012? I mean, I saw this movie yeah. when I was 24, so you get those like, yeah, this. But yeah, what you're saying is like maybe now at, at 35 for me, I'd probably watch this in a different lens. Sure, sure. But good pick. Uh, okay, cool. We're going to roll it back to me, and I'm going to go with 1992's Encino Man, directed by Les Mayfield, starring Sean Astin, Brendan Fraser, and Pauly Shore. Uh, this earned a winner from the 1993 Razzies for Worst New Star, Pauly Shore. And the rotten, <laughs> the rotten Tomatoes score is a, uh, oh man, a brutal 14%. Which, as of now, is slightly edging out Madam Web because that's thirteen percent. Um, but yeah, dude, Encino Man, oh man, this is just one of those early '90s movies, and I absolutely, I love it. It is super implausible, super implausible. And I was, I was talking with Janet about the implausibility of it. But if you check your brain out and just go for the ride like what's not to like man um other than sean astin's character actually he's a total um jerk but uh paulie shore in this like i don't get the hate interestingly like i did not have cable when i was a kid uh where or i should say like i didn't have cable like through the late 80s early 90s i only got it like mid 90s so i was unaware of paulie shore the vj i was only aware of paulie shore the actor from encino man and all this stuff and like 
I loved him uh, in terms of he was funny and he was goofy and he seemed like the type of person that would be fun to hang around. Could his uh, wordage and delivery be annoying? I guess, yeah, if you're a 40-year-old guy now and I had to watch it, maybe. But because I saw it when I did, I found him hilarious and um, I thought it was great. And uh, Brendan Fraser as uh, Linkovich Chamovsky <laughs> from Estonia, um, a.k.a. Link, he was fantastic in this also. Ki uh, Kwan, um, I know, you know, they made some mention of him recently with the Oscar stuff being in this. He's in it for literally like seconds. But um, but yeah, this was a fun movie. Um, the only thing that struck me on like a recent rewatch was just how much of a jerk uh, Sean Astin is. But beyond that, I, hey, it's a guilty pleasure. Not a great movie, but it's a fun movie for me. I love to wheeze the juice. <laughs> uh, have you guys seen Encino Man? I've seen it. Uh, the Pauly Shore, like there needs to be a study done on this guy because like <laughs> it's so weird because like he he's the equivalent like he's he's on the same page of like he didn't hit adam sandler fame by do but adam sandler did the same thing where like paulie shore is the same character in every movie he is in i'll do you one better i think there was a predecessor to paulie shore and i know it's somebody that you like you want to take a guess who i'm thinking farley no bobcat goldthwaite yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the same thing. I'm like, no, I cannot talk like this the right. whole time. Like, right. even though he doesn't talk, no like matter that. what movie he's in, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the whole thing, like that was his whole thing. Um, yeah, through like seven police academy movies. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like even that, like you're right. That's a perfect example where like that was like he was more like 80s, but then like 90s was definitely yeah. Paulie Shore and then Adam Sandler. Like, but yep. but Paulie Shore, like he was cranking them out. Like I don't know, like seven or eight of these movies were like. Sandler kind of let it let them live a little bit, like with Happy Gilmore, Adam, like our yeah, the other one, Billy Madison, in a little time frame. Yeah, he, I feel like he released yeah. like eight movies in and in two years, and mm. and Sandler kind of like let them breathe a little bit before he like, but until they got to the point where like Mr. Deeds and he started going downhill. Um, but it's just weird. But I, I I feel bad because I feel like I've seen interviews with Paulie Shore and he just seems like a genuinely good guy and like and is is aware of what his fame is. Um, Encino Man, I, I, I remember this was a, a movie that I've seen like in the nineties, probably at school or like at, at same, like on cable or something and didn't, I, I never went back to rewatch it. Like I couldn't tell you the last time I watched a movie with Pauly Shore in it. And, but I like going back, I forgot that Sean Astin was in this. I forgot that Brendan Fraser was Link. Like, I, like Kihoi Kwan, I know he, he brought it up in when he was doing the run for everything everywhere all at once. He had mentioned it a few times, but I I feel like this is like definitely a type of movie where like if I had like if it was a Jeopardy category where it's like name Pauly Shore movie, I wouldn't be able to like pick one Encino Man out of like Biodome or or another movie that I know might be coming up a little bit. Um, I don't know. I it's it's I, I'm it might deserve a rewatch. I don't know whether or not if it ages well, it might. Um, I feel like Pauly Shore's character might annoy me even more, but um. We'll see. But yeah, I, I it's definitely a good pick because I know it does have I wouldn't say a cult following because it's definitely one of those movies that gets panned by critics, but everyone who watches it enjoys it. So I, I even heard someone say like I hate Encino, man. So well wait, let's 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 end the, yeah. pi- end the pitch. <laughs> um what a diverse list we have here. Um I, I was just noticing that we, we don't have any duplicates. Uh 
So we all have different guilty pleasures. Um, this one of your list, Greg, would probably be. Uh, wow, I can't believe he's on here twice. Um, this one would probably be the second movie that I you could maybe convince me to see outside of one of your other ones, which we'll get to later. Um, yeah, I, I've never uh, was into the Paulie Shore thing. Uh, Adam Sandler, I guess, as, as Hans had mentioned, was more of my guy uh, in regards to it. So um, I think he was just a little bit too early for me. Um, yeah, but uh, hey, I'm glad this is on your list. Are you? Have you seen anything with him nope. in it? Nope. Okay. Because <laughs> like, so the main I did the thing... research, yeah. No, the main bit of infamy for Polly Shore is just like you know it's like the line delivery and kind yeah. of playing the same character over and over. So I'm curious if uh, if that offended your sensibilities yeah. at all. But no, no, no sample. Yeah, maybe <laughs> me and him will go on a date one day and watch it and see No Man, and uh, I'll see how my taste is for Polly Shore. It's the weasel. Juice. Hey. Yes. <laughs> Love it. Cool. Love it. You guys are you guys sound really cool right now. Oh, we're the best. Uh, if, right. like next, if next year we get like a Pauly Shore like Renaissance, uh, like a kind of like a Kiwi Kwan, and then Pauly Shore is going to end up getting the Oscar. For Sign something. me up. He had, yeah. he made a movie recently that was like everybody wants Pauly Shore dead or something yeah, like that. Yeah, Pauly Shore is dead. Like, I saw it on IMDb. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that was kind of like a uh, comedic so like, type of biography, there. I think. It yeah, like, it's I'm like, not there thing with Joaquin Phoenix. Mm, well, I haven't seen it, but no. yeah, I mean, I don't know. But it looked interesting. Yeah. Uh, all right, moving on. Hands, what do you got next for us? Uh, I, I have um, Biodome. Oh, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, I got um, <laughs> 2009's uh, Couples Retreat. I've mentioned this movie a lot on this on the show. Um, this is definitely the, this is a, a rotten, first of all, let's just get it out of the way. A rotten tomato score of 10%. This is not warranted. This should be a little leaks, a little higher. Um, another example, just like, just go with it where you get an ensemble cast who says, let's shoot in somewhere in, um, in a, a tropical Island. And we'll just do this for like two months. Um, this has uh, a lot of people in it. I, I don't even, I'm, you know, uh, starring, well, hold on. Based on your notes here, it says it stars Jason Batman, and I'm very Batman. excited. Oh, about I thought it fixed that. I thought it fixed that. <laughs> I saw that. I saw that too. Ah, it's got um, Vince Vaughn, John Favreau, Jason ba- Jason Bateman, Kristen Bell, Jean Reno shows up in this movie. Um, I this the uh, I think I said Favreau, uh, Malin Malin Ackerman. Um, it is basically uh, uh, it's four couples that decide you know they have to go on a retreat that uh. They think it's just like a nice little vacation getaway, and then they end up having to do uh, couples therapy. Uh, some of them feel like they don't need it; others do, and you know, comedy hijinks ensue because you know uh, it's just Vince Vaughn does his Vince Vaughn thing where he just talks fast, and uh, and Jason Bateman is and basically all these people are um, are. It's like kind of watching that movie. Uh, this is the end, where all the actors are playing like versions of themselves. This is it. This is just the same. It's that movie, except they're on a tropical island. Um, it's like just like just go with it. Uh, it I don't understand uh, the hate for this because there are a lot of funny moments in this. Um, I, I just I don't understand it. Uh, a lot of it, I think I I, I think my love of this movie, uh, if you blame COVID, because during COVID there wasn't being on TV a lot. It was there wasn't much coming out that was new, um, and channels like TNT 
and and others just re-ran this thing into the ground. It was like what like Shawshank on AMC. They just kept playing. They just kept playing Couples Retreat, and I watched it every single time. Um, it's a great movie. Um, I think it doesn't doesn't get it, it. It gets way too much hate. It's a dumb. Yes, it is dumb. It. it but you know, it's that type of movie. It's a it's a romantic comedy. It's like, you know, just let me live. Hmm. Um, okay. Harry, I actually found the ticket stub. Um, for no, a couple's retreat, when I was going through like, like last year, when I was going through the old room that turned into Finn's room, I had like all my ticket subs that I kept, and I found it. And so, you framed it and kept it in Finn's room. I have it somewhere. <laughs> I might have, actually, yeah, it's it's the space theme. And like, I told you about this Vince Vaughn movie I, that uh, I probably hate it when I first saw it. So yeah, I remember seeing this um, movie, but uh, I, I can't believe it's it's ten percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It's pretty wild to me. Um, I know, especially, right? Well, especially with a cast like this, but it also, I mean, not outside of you know, it, it kind of feels like the end of the Vince Vaughn era to me. This movie being two thousand nine, um, of just like I would say the height of his of his stardom. Um, I, I don't know if there's a corollary there, but I'll, I'll take a look. But, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, it's a little bit surprising, but I mean, it kind of feels, you know, I don't, I don't remember any impact from this movie that I took away and was like, yeah, couples retreat, a classic. Um, <laughs> and obviously the only way I, I still think about this movie is when I go over and you, uh, to your house and you say is couples retreat on, let me take a look. And you... <laughs> scroll through your cable package like a 70-year-old man looking for couples retreat. So um, kudos to you, brother. Um, it was also, and it was oh, directed by the... It's on Univision 3. It was, and it was, it was directed by the kid from Christmas Story. Let me live. Ah, Peter Billingsley. Okay. Yeah. Um, I had, had a dream to film, film a movie on a tropical island with his friends. That's where they went wrong, I guess. Yeah, sure. <laughs> This uh, this rating does seem low to me. I don't like. I saw this in theaters, and I mean, it was very atypical. Like nothing stood out for me. But I wouldn't say that it was a bad movie by any means. Really? Like it's yeah. So I don't know. Um, I do agree here with you uh, and talking about the Vince Vaughn, the Vince Vaughnissance uh, ending. Um, like for me, I think when the breakup hit it was like eh, i don't know if i'm still feeling this and then by this point it was just like yeah i'm, I'm over it very very poly um, shore vibes just pumping out a ton in a short period yeah yeah man i will say i think maybe if i went back and, and rewatched this recently i might have a different lens on you know having been married for um closer to a decade now so Maybe that would uh, put a different spin on things, and I'd find some things humorous, or maybe some things not so much. But um, I don't know. We'll see if I ever revisit <laughs> it. But I know this is one of your faves, so I love it. Should have watched. How about you? What do you got next? <laughs> yeah. So for me, uh, next on my list, 2004 is uh, Man on Fire, uh, starring Denzel Washington. Uh, also, Dakota Fanning is in this, and Christopher Walken, uh, directed by Tony Scott. Uh, R.I.P. to the goat. Um, I gotta be honest, I saw this movie, um, 2004, 2005 range, I, I don't really remember, and I thought this was the greatest movie of all time. Um, this movie was probably one of my introductions into, uh, 
Denzel Washington film um, as far as like, I don't want to say the classics, but I would say like awesome Denzel roles um, in regards to that. I, I will say Man on Fire, um, for those keeping track at home, has a 39 uh, Rotten Tomato score, uh, Metacritic score of 47. But again, the people got me, baby. IMDb 7.7, Letterbox 3.6. Um, yeah, I just, I, I, I adore Man on Fire. Um, I think it's great. I think Denzel uh, gives one hell of a performance in it. Uh, it's got some really cool revenge kind of uh, motifs that you see in these, you know, man hunts down, you know, villain, um, you know, similar, I guess, John Wick type movies, you know, maybe not the action set pieces that a John Wick movie has, but uh, nonetheless, uh, yeah, this is this is almost uh, a perfect movie for me. Um, definitely a guilty pleasure. Uh, I haven't seen it in a while. I'm, I'm not going to lie, but, uh, again, you put this baby on and I am hundred percent in. So, um, Papa, I'll throw it to you for your, for your thoughts on 2004's man on fire. Um, is, 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 sorry, is Rotten Tomatoes right with a 39% or am I right with five stars? Heck no. Rotten Tomatoes is not right. Uh, this should be. This should be higher, bro. This is an excellent pick. Uh, I'm happy that you included it. Full transparency, it has been probably a decade since I've watched it, but I want to rewatch this. I've got it queued up either on Max or Netflix, whatever streaming service it's on right now, but I've got it in the queue waiting a rewatch. In fact, I think the only thing that stops me is like every time I go to check, it's like, oh, this is two and a half hours? It like, is, it's, it's yeah. It's a bit longer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Probably holding but, it back uh, a little but, bit. But yeah, dude, my man, our man, Denzel, was like, he he was he had some crazy output for a while where he was doing basically the equivalent of like a movie a year. Yeah. Or it was actually like two movies every two years. But um this was like right in that time period where he was putting out some of his stuff that like maybe I think in in the broader sense of his filmography, people don't look at, but personally this is one of my favorites of his. I also love Deja Vu, which I feel like never gets talked yeah, about. That's um, another good one. That's a uh, very so, underrated. Yeah. I mean, this, yeah. Excellent revenge thriller. Uh, Denzel always playing a dude cold as ice. So yeah, I, I love this. Great pick. Hands. I have not seen this. Um, I know you, know, you ride you know, or die honestly, for Man of Fire. Sometimes, hands there are times when, like, I think you're one of my favorite people in the world, and then you just say certain things, and I just think, <laughs> "What am I doing with this guy?" It's the Man on Fire slander. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, it's okay. Let's see. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, half the show, you're like, I haven't seen that. I don't know what Space Camp is. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't watch 1986 Space Camp about a dog that sends people, kids to space. My you are listening. It's it. a robot. Right. A robot named Jinx. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Dog. I picked the one of the greatest actors of our generation and prior to our generation, and you're like, ah, I don't have time to we get to that it. one. You know, Joaquin Phoenix is probably one of the the best actors of our generation, and I bet you haven't seen the camp. last five Joaquin Phoenix movies. That would be my guess. All right. Well, I'll, I'll next. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll work on that. Yeah. Let me take a look. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're probably right. Um, um, no, I, I, I know you ride or die for you, 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 for uh, for Man on Fire. Yeah. Uh, I think I, you probably have. We've had this discussion before, and and like yeah. I haven't. 
old Denzel movies I haven't seen, like Training Day. I've never seen. I've never seen Man on Fire. I've never seen Inside Man. I've never seen. I don't. Know, I just. I don't know. I, I think when Space it came Camp, out in theaters, I kind of just missed it. But I've seen Space Camp multiple times. I have the VHS. Um, yeah. So uh, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I know you 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 are big. You are big on the Denzel the Denzel train. So Did you ever just have a memory unlocked? And I just remember so many conversations with Chris where I would probably get so heated when he would just be like, I haven't seen it. I don't, right. Denzel's fine. I'm just, I'm down inside out. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just core memories unlocked uh, because I, because yeah. I haven't seen man on fire. And I, I'm in pain right now. I'm in pain. Let's move on. I, I can't, I can't, I'm going to cry. Okay. Whatever. Well, I think it's a good choice. Thanks. Uh, I got to flip it back to me, and I'm going to go with 1993's Son-in-Law. Can't That's Paul right. Shore's on here twice. Pauly Shore, back to Bizak, uh, directed by Steve Rash, starring Pauly Shore, Carla Gugino, Lane Smith, Rotten Tomatoes score of 32%. A uh, couple things with this. So, number one, this is one of my Thanksgiving classics. This uh, centers around Thanksgiving, so. I try and watch it around that time each year. Um, don't always get to it, but absolutely love it. Uh, Pauly Shore plays kind of a similar role to what he did in um, uh, Encino Man, except now he's a college RA instead of a, a high school friend. Um, and his character's name is Crawl, <laughs> which Lane Smith who plays name. the father um, constantly mispronounces and calls him Crotch at one point. Um, just it's it's a fantastic movie. It's kind of like a um, it starts off as like a fish out of water story where, well, it's actually a fish out of water story throughout. But Carla Gugino grows up on this farm in rural America. She goes to live on campus at a college. Uh, meets Crawl. He introduces her to you know culture and fun and like all things in the real world. Uh, not the MTV show. And then uh, they go back to um, Carla's family's farm for Thanksgiving. She brings Crawl as her friend, but also as a cover so that she doesn't have to get engaged to her former high school sweetheart, who's a bit of a jerk. And hilarity and hijinks ensue. A um, lot of fun. Despite what I said about Polly Shore for Encino Man and, and also loving him in this, uh, I actually don't really like the rest of his work so you have like in the army now and wasn't that one i think it was that one yeah, yeah. biodome you're the biodome you're the Polish shore expert man you tell me yeah and there's like there's like one other i think where he's like on trial or something like that as a jury duty thing. jury duty that's it i don't really care for any of those but these two top tier um Polly shore's crawl is like a natural evolution of uh his character from encino man so great to see that uh continuation it's the paulie shore cinematic universe let's go um carla gugino always love her and lane smith um i don't know if you guys know him but he he was he was like the bad guy coach in the mighty ducks but hmm. also the role oh, that yeah. I, yeah uh but also the role that i most associate him with is he played perry white in the new adventures of Lois and Clark. So the TV show. And for me, he is like the Perry white, like, you know, a lot of times when you get characters over and over played by different actors through different iterations, you have like in your mind's eye, there's one person that typifies that character. 
for me, Perry White is Lane Smith. Love that. Um, so yeah, I mean, this was just a, a fun, fun movie. Um, you know, all kinds of hijinks, but uh, seeing Crawl on the farm and him getting put to work by the farmhands, but also slowly but surely earning the uh, the trust and love of the uh, the down home family. Um, just a lot of a lot of feel good vibes and, and Pauly Shore funny as ever. Um, I'm just going to go on my other, my, what I talk about Pauly Shore. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. think I've ever actually seen this. Um, but again, I might've, but you can put all Pauly Shore movies in, in a lineup and, and yeah, it'd be tough for me. Um, Lane Smith was also in my cousin Vinny as the, um, as, uh, the opposing lawyer. I know there's an actual official lawyer term, uh-huh. what he's called, but I can't think of it. The um, prosecutor. the prosecutor. Yes, there it is. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I um I, I feel like I might have seen this at some point in my life and, and just forgot out of the but you know, it sounds like it sounds like a little more less silly than Encino Man. So maybe sure. it's a maybe it's, it's a little up, <laughs> little more up my alley. But uh yeah. yeah. Hair? Yeah, I mean, we discussed Paulie Shore uh not too long ago with Encino Man. I can't believe he's on here twice. Um <laughs> Wow, you, pleasure, you, you really got you really got to type, Greg. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> um, yeah, somehow this is higher than Encino Man, and I feel like I've heard about Encino Man a lot more. But maybe that's because people think it's a lot worse. Um, yeah, sure, happy for you. I'm glad this is on your list, brother. Good for you. He's not he's not nominated for a Razzie. <laughs> I can't wait for the Paulie Shore weekend when I see your Letterbox reviews drop. <laughs> Let's and I go vomit. <laughs> uh, all right, hands. What do you got next? All right, I got Star Trek Generations from 1994. I know, Greg, you had mentioned it a little bit earlier, um, directed by David Carson, um, starring Patrick Stewart, William Shatter, Malcolm McDowell. Um, Will be Goldberg's in this. Uh, I think pretty much the, the whole Next Generation crew is is in this. Um, not too much of the uh, the old school uh, people. I think it's just Shatner. Um, yeah, so, well, you also got uh, Walter Koenig and uh, Jimmy Dewan. So Chekhov and um, Scotty, they're in there. That's also. right. Okay. Um, so yeah, this is the, basically, um, I feel like this is kind of like a, uh, uh, a multiversal type of, uh, of movie back in 1994. So you get two captains of the enterprise that, that meet to stop an opposing threat by the name of Sauron, who is trying to basically, um, blow up a sun and, and cause a time rift and make existence collapse. Um, Pretty. I, I remember watching this, and so I was nine when this came out. So I remember probably watching this when I was like ten or eleven, and this was the first um, exposure to Star Trek that I've had. Um, I didn't know too much about it in the seventies. Um, I know this actually opened up my interest in the Next Generation. So I think my dad was was kind of bigger into Star Wars, and so um, you know, seeing Picard and his. Um, and you know their their side of things with the next generation it, it opened up the doors for me but i remember this is the first thing for star trek that i actually remember seeing um yeah it, it's just the, like i know a lot of people wanted picard and and chat and picard and um kirk to team up somehow and in, in one way or another um and kind of bring the the generations together uh i thought it was i, I it, it gets uh, in terms of rotten tomatoes i mean it it has a a, a lower score at 48% um, I guess for the 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 concept of it, um, I think it, I honestly think this was a one of those things where you take two like similar to what Marvel's doing now is you take 
two existing properties in the same universe and, and put it together. I think it works pretty well. Um, it, it definitely has some cool special effects in it. Um, I, I will say I watched it last year. I don't know if it was on TV or I, I, it was on streaming or something, but um, there are some campy things. Like I think they're, I think if they're on earth, um, it takes a missile about 14 seconds to get from earth to the sun, which is not possible. Um, it's just physics won't allow that. But I'll let it. I'll let it slide. Um, yeah, I mean, you get. I, there's some. I, there's some practical. Like I, I think they use. They use like some models of the Enterprise when it's crashing to make it like practical effects to make it look, you know, like a, a big, a, a huge ship is crashing into the forest. Um, that a lot of con- like the the concept of it is is pretty cool. The execution is cool. I, I like. I like to see the old and the new kind of come together. Um, I just wish I was more of a fan at the time to appreciate it. But um, it kind of opened up my my desire to want more in the Star Trek world because I think Next Generation is actually pretty pretty perfect. So, Harry, have you seen this? No, brother. Why would I? Why would I watch Star Trek? So wing and a miss. Yeah, sorry. Um, the only movie I remember from Star Trek like pretty vividly is Nemesis. Um, I guess just because of the time it was coming out, probably TV ads, trailers, stuff like that. Um, the one with Tom Hardy was the villain. Yeah, yeah. My mom is a huge Trekkie, as I've mentioned before. Shout out, mom. Um, I the best way I could describe Star Trek is that this would be on the long list of a dive into either the movies or the shows. Um, to just kind of you know find a, a new universe to jump into. Um, I look forward to that day. Um, but I'm happy this one brought you into the world because uh, it definitely sounds like it's a great mix. Um, yo, listen, it was Marvel before Marvel, like you said. Uh, so, um, yeah, I know, I know Greg could probably speak more highly on this because we just recently talked about uh, Generations, um, I think, during one of our last episodes with sequels. I think you might have mentioned it, Greg, just I'm talking Star Briefly. Trek universe. I talked yeah. about Star Trek, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so, Hans, like you, I think this was my gateway into Star Trek The Next Generation. I, I had seen the original Star Trek, not live, but on reruns, uh, not that old. But um, I was familiar with Captain Picard and the crew of the Enterprise-D, but just vaguely. And then uh, I heard the hype with this movie, where it was like, oh, you know, uh, Picard and Kirk finally meet. And for those... Uh, not knowing of the the Star Trek lore, um, Kirk and Picard live about 150 to 200 years apart. So Picard is much further down the timeline than Kirk. Yeah. That's why they never meet up before that. This has a plot device where basically Kirk gets sucked up into this uh, space ribbon that's almost like another dimension, and it just you know it's going through. The bad guy's trying to get back in there because he wants to be reunited with his dead family. And then Picard and uh, Picard gets sucked in there eventually, and the two captains meet up to to take down this guy. So, um, as a movie, this plays more like an extended episode. It's not great, honestly. Out of the, this was the first next gen movie and the seventh Star Trek film. Um, really, the only next gen movie that was great was First Contact. Yeah, and the others are just kind of like, eh. But even with that said, I have a lot of love for this one, too. Um, There's a lot of cool stuff that happens in this besides Kirk and uh, Picard meeting. Um, There's a very cool 
promotion aspect that happens uh, in the beginning of the movie, and it happens on the holodeck, which we talked about holodeck technology before. Um, we get to see kind of the fate of the Enterprise B, which is captained by Alan Ruck of Ferris Bueller fame. Nice. Um, and up to this point, the Enterprise B had kind of been a mystery what happened to it, because in the original series, we see the original Enterprise, then the Enterprise A. Uh, also, the ship from the next generation, the Enterprise D, the, the ship that is that Picard and crew used, gets destroyed at the end of this movie. So there's a lot going on in it, even though it isn't necessarily like um, the the most conventional threat that you would see. But But really getting to see Kirk's last hurrah and Picard team up with him and also kind of the aftermath of the next generation series. Cause this happened after like, I think a year after uh, next gen had finished. Um, so getting to follow those characters and see the continuation of them, all of those things make this very much a, an enjoyable movie for me. Definitely a guilty pleasure. So I'm very happy that you have this on here. Absolutely love that pick. And this has been nerd minute with Papa Spice. <laughs> yes. 100 percent uh okay Harry, what do you got next uh yeah these next two movies probably mostly inspired by my wife at least for my last two choices but man are they bangers um 2001's the fast and the furious uh listen is it point break with cars yes it is is that what inspired it yes it is uh stars vin diesel paul walker michelle rodriguez jordana brewster um rotten tomato score 54 metacritic of 58 Letterbox 3.3, IMDb 6.8. So a little, you know, the the people aren't with me so much on this one. Um, man, oh man, the the more Fast and Furious movies we get, how sweet the first one looks um, and feels. Uh, I have a lot of love for this movie. I, I could put it on uh, and just escape. You know, the the opening car scene with the with the drag race. Uh, you never had me. You never had your car. <laughs> um, you know, uh, it's just a classic. Uh, I always, no matter what, I think until my dying day, I will always, uh, think about when Paul Walker and Vin Diesel are, are going at each other after the street race and Vin just holds up his hands and just like, kind of like that's the, the picture of him standing there with his arms stretched out. Just, I don't that's, that's going to be. On tattooed on my brain until the day I die. I don't know why, but it will be. Um, just the simplicity of it, you know. Uh, this is back when they were doing the car racing, um, and not all this extra, you know, uh, extra missions. Um, you know, for any video game fans out there, where you know we're going on different conquests and and stuff like that. So, uh, listen, it's a classic. It's the best. I wish I had neon under my car. Uh, as a 35 year old man, I wish that had happened to me at some point in my in my young 20s when I had a Honda Civic, but alas, uh, it did not happen. We'll get it for your CRV. Yeah, thanks, man. Or my <laughs> Honda Odyssey in the future. So we'll see. I'll <laughs> uh, be rolling and looking cool. Uh, but Papa, I'll throw it to you. Fast and the Furious, uh, 2001. Uh, guilty pleasure Dude. for you. Yeah, absolutely. Pop Another great in, pick baby. here. Yes, absolutely love this. It is kind of wild going back to look at this that like out of that original crew really the only ones left are vin jordana and uh michelle yeah. everybody yeah, else yeah. is like gone um but yeah i mean it's uh it's definitely 
like it's of a time, but also like you just you transported right back in there, and I don't want to be anywhere else. Yeah. Man. So great pick. Uh, yeah, especially when they're still in DVD players, and now they're flying through space. I actually a long, long way I, together. All right, two things really quick. Um, number one is the fact that how simple the first one was, even though it was even back then that was crazy. Like yeah. all the stunts that they do, and then from what I heard, with I didn't see Fast Ten yet, but apparently from Fast Eleven, they want to get things back to um, more back to basics from Fast and Furious One. Which I don't know how you're going to do that because. How are you going to go from fighting Jason Momoa and being in space to just racing cars? It just it just sounds dumb. Mm. But it all start it all had to start somewhere. Yeah, you know, Critic- it's just like you know, yeah, critically the big, the big the Big Bang had to start somewhere. Yeah, so yeah, guilty pleasure for me is nothing. I think after seven. Um, but seven and five are, are well reviewed. So, so this was the one you guys were stuck with for my guilty pleasure choice. But uh, that's fair. Yeah, but uh, Papa, I almost put two on my list. Yeah, I know, I know. everybody. Yeah. But I just had that in the last episode. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. I'll throw it back to you, Papa, for uh, for final final picks here. Uh, so actually, you know what? I'm gonna toss it to hands. Ooh, okay, uh, hands. What do you have? You have one left. I got one left, and it is here, um, baby. This is I, I. This is probably one of the best movies of all time, and I'm not even just being. I'm not even exaggerating. Um, 1998's Armageddon, which is directed by Michael Bay. Uh, I just put in my little notes, starring everyone. Um, everyone's in this movie. Um, Bruce Willis, Ben Affleck, Bob, Billy Bob Thornton, Liv Tyler, uh, Owen Wilson's in this movie. Uh, Steve Buscemi. I, I can keep going. Like literally, like everyone's in this movie. Um, just found out screenplay was actually written by J.J. Abrams. Um, and a couple of Razzies for this movie was um, worst movie, rest, worst director, and worst screenplay. Nice. Uh, so they just they just were cleaning up. Bang up. Um, I don't I don't know if they won. Um, but they're wrong. Uh, Armageddon is. It, I I will start off by saying this is not a great movie. Um, but it is it is criminally underrated. Um, I had the uh, where is it a forty three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, this came out around the same time as Deep Impact. I think Deep Impact came out actually first before Armageddon, um, but it's a similar movie. Um, yeah, this is a, yeah oil drill oil oil diggers or whatever they're called riggers go and they what I I don't know yeah, what they're yeah, called. Yeah. Whatever they go to an asteroid to oil try man. and blow it up. Oilmen, yeah. <laughs> um, they go to an asteroid and try and blow it up, and um, they're successful. Of course, they are. Um, really quick, the only thing one of them makes this a guilty pleasure is that is just the lack of. Um, they're just the the you, you really have to check your brain out the door, and all you have to do is listen to commentary. Is when Ben Affleck asked Matt Damon if you've never heard the story on the DVD commentary. Ben Affleck asked Michael Bay, "Wouldn't it be easier just to train astronauts to be drillers?" Yeah, and Michael Bay told him to shut the up. Yeah. Um, and that was the end of that conversation. So I, I, I got to respect Michael Bay for that. Um, I got to respect Ben Affleck for confronting Michael Bay about that. But um, this movie is just – the screenplay is amazing. There's a scene at one point where William Fichter, fin, Fincher says uh, – Steve Buscemi goes nuts and he goes, he's got space dementia. Like that's a real thing. It's not – but thank you, J.J. Abrams, for that amazing line. It's such a great movie. It's been on a lot. I don't know why, but it's a very, 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 very underrated movie, and um, I cry in it. This is one of the few movies that every time I watch it, I I, I got a tear dropping down my eye. Yeah. Uh, hair? 
Uh, I have seen Armageddon, uh, just to get to Chris's uh, question. Uh, yeah, this is your best choice, my guy, um, by far. I, I got to be honest, uh, as, a, as a 10-year-old or 11-year-old in, in 99 when I watched this movie, uh, I got to admit, I, I thought this was the greatest movie ever. Um, loved the idea, loved the premise of it, loved the cheesiness of it, uh, loved the Aerosmith of it, uh, loved the final kind of choice at the end of it. Uh, does get the emotions going, as Hans mentioned, uh, a perfect guilty pleasure, um, you know, should be, should be more well-received. And I think there's a moment where I think everyone in the mother, uh, in the late nineties, early two thousands had seen Armageddon or at least knew, uh, what Armageddon was about, but Papa, I'll throw it back to you. Yeah, this is one of those movies for me where it goes from being, um, good bad to just bad bad i just i can't i don't know it's too silly for me to enjoy and this is coming from a guy that loves godzilla versus megalon um so i don't know look we got that sweet aerosmith song out of it i like that yeah. but i will forever remember just you'll be you'll be the Pearl harbor guy got it yeah <laughs> yeah yeah exactly uh i i watched this at uh a drive-in um i forget what it was paired with doesn't matter because i just remember this being so bad i could not believe it and that was as a again a young dumb teenager um what they should have done at the drive-in was they should have taken oh man why didn't they i think this at the time you should have done taken clips from armageddon and clips from deep impact and spliced them together Mm. and make it one long movie and people would not even know the difference wouldn't have hurt because I enjoy Deep Impact, but uh, but this, oof, yeah, all I gotta say, Animal Cracker scene doesn't, okay. doesn't get worse. Uh, yeah. Um, all right, well, hands, I know you have to step out. Anything for the peeps before you go? Nah, thanks for sticking with us. Uh, any other guilty pleasures? Do you recommend for us? Let us know. Um, hopefully, Harry has seen them. Um, but oh, I'm glad he's seen, he's seen a couple of my list. Sorry, I haven't. Whatever. Sorry, I haven't seen terrible movies. My bad. I'll work on that. <laughs> um. I have looked at the notes on on your memorable or, or your not memorable your um your guilty um, pleasures. pleasures. Yeah. Um, great choices for the remaining ones that you're going to do. Bam. Uh, yeah. All so right. You get another one that's another one where the uh, actors get to go to a, a Hawaii to film because hey what? yes yeah spoiler well, you alert. will be missed my guy but thank you uh, as always and um, we'll catch you on the next episode. All right. All right. See you guys tomorrow. Bye. All right. Bye. Uh, Harry and I are going to continue on, and Harry, I'm going to hit you next with another it. from the 90s. <laughs> uh, that is 1995's Mortal Kombat, directed by Paul W.S. Anderson, starring Christopher Lambert, Robin Chow, uh, and Carrie Hiroyuki Tagawa. Rotten Tomatoes score of 47%. I know going all the way back to our video game episode, um, which I think, I don't remember if it was after the release or in honor of the release of the, uh, the new Mortal Kombat movie. I mentioned my love for this, but, um, yeah, I mean, this, this movie for me, again, not great, but total mm. guilty pleasure. I love it. I love the homages to, um, Bruce Lee's Enter the Dragon. A lot of similarities there, but kind of taking the Mortal Kombat characters and putting in, um, if you're talking, you know, one-to-one comparisons to the characters from the game versus the movie, uh, not great adaptations. Um, Christopher Lambert, uh, a Frenchman playing 
a Japanese God of Thunder. Strange choice, but hey, you know what? It doesn't matter. It worked. I totally changed that character, made him, you know, glib and sarcastic, but I love it anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh I don't I don't even know. I guess the closest adaptations would be like Johnny Cage and, and Sonya Blade and maybe Kano. Like mm. those were all pretty cool. But um but even with all of that said, even with the changes and, you know, kinda making Sub Zero and Scorpion look a little cheap and cheesy. Doesn't matter. Sure. Still love this movie. The only thing I cringe at when I watch this is um the CG for Reptile. Uh not great. But it's just a product of the time. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's 30 years ago at this point. Uh, but beyond that, absolutely love that. Have you seen this Mortal Kombat I have. before? Yeah, this was kind of the first. I'm going over to my friend's house to have a sleepover. What are we watching? Mortal Kombat um, is kind of like, a, I guess, because this is what it came out probably on DVD or, or well, DVD on video. Uh, maybe when <laughs> I was like just turning eight or nine. So it was like, obviously a little bit like you probably... You know, this I remember just being like the first movie, like, oh, we're watching Mortal Kombat. Like, I know it was a video game and I played it in the arcade game, but it was definitely one of those moments where it's like, oh, we're going to watch a cool movie. Um, but yeah, you're you're right. The CG doesn't hold up, but this is another great example of a perfect guilty pleasure movie of just, you know, subpar reviews, not well received. But, you know, the the real heads, the real the real arcade, you know, uh, joystick grabbers. Um their love uh know what we're talking about in regards to that okay yeah what do you a have next? Choice. yeah so my final uh entry um is 2004's national treasure directed by john turtle tab turtle tab um turtle top yeah turtle top um a stars nicholas cage diane kruger uh justin bartha sean bean john voigt harvey keitel christopher plummer um the Rotten Tomato score for this is 46%, Metacritic 40, Letterbox 3.2, IMDb 6.9. Um, this is uh, when I was making my list, this was definitely my number one choice. Um, this is the perfect example of a guilty pleasure movie uh for me. I, I would say a true guilty pleasure for me that isn't uh not negatively received would be Pirates of the Caribbean, um, Black Curse of the Black Pearl. Um, and this is another wife one, uh, where Jill, uh, will constantly put on national treasure. I won't be surprised if it's on right now as I go say goodnight to her. Wow. Um, it is, it's just, uh, you know, basically we're stealing the declaration of independence to find the secret treasure. Um, you know, there's the elements here where, you know, Christopher Plummer shows up for kind of the first scene as as the elderly grandfather talking about the history. Um, you know, John Voight plays the dad who doesn't, you know, believe in grandfather's tales. Um, and Nicolas Cage is enamored by it as a young kid. And, you know, uh, he gets into hijinks with uh, Justin Bartha. And Sean Bean is just the perfect kind of just run-of-the-mill villain, but just excels at it. Um, and just... The the level of I don't want to say craziness in, in the fact of trying to steal this, but where you're kind of just having that moment of like, could this be done? Um, in regards to it, it's just it's a fun Disney movie. It's it's a Bruckheimer film, which is why I think I mentioned uh as well Pirates of the Caribbean uh is just a, a you know a perfect just it's it's a, honestly it's it's a perfect adventure family filled 
uh, two hours, um, to be honest with you. And, uh, man, they don't make them like this anymore with high production values. Uh, listen, is, is it going to win any Academy Awards? No. Is it top of the class? I think no. But is it a fun time? And the score of it is is incredible. I didn't even mention the score um, for it. But uh, yeah, National Treasure, definitely uh, the perfect guilty pleasure for me. Um, I won't, I'm not going to go so far as to suggest two. Uh, I won't do that. Um, not at all. But uh, I really, really enjoy uh, the first one uh, for it. But uh, Papa, what about uh, what about for you? Yeah, so I've only caught this once. Interesting. And I did have a lot of fun with it. Um, I'm surprised to hear that your house is such big treasure heads because I'm bopping it, man. This, this is like news to me. But um, but yeah, I I think this uh this is definitely um a great pick, and I think it's interesting because you know this is post um Indiana Jones, yeah. post Tomb Raider, uh, but. I think the character he probably most closely relates to would be, um, uh, oh God, from Uncharted. Nathan, Nathan Drake. Drake, yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. And, um, exactly and this was prior to Nathan yeah. Drake, so it is it is interesting to see that. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was a lot of fun. I don't remember a ton of the movie. I remember John Voight distinctly. I didn't even recall that Sean Bean was in it though. Yeah. Um, I definitely have to go back and rewatch this. I, even though I enjoyed it, I didn't follow up with the rest of the series. I know you had mentioned two and mm-hmm. did they do like a Disney plus TV series yeah, or they something? Had a TV series, but it didn't have any, I don't know how much it related to it. It was, it was a 10 episode right. show. Um, gotta be honest, probably not well received if, if me and you aren't, yeah. you know, hip to it. But, uh, I, uh, I haven't seen Jill jump into it yet, but, um, the real, the real treasure heads know that that first one, um, Chef's Kiss, man. I tell you, yes, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I think this is a uh, a fantastic pick. So happy to see it on there, and it's definitely going to spur me on to go back and rewatch this at some point soon. Word, love it. All right, well, we have one left. Uh, I went a little bit extra, one. and I've That's got my you, newest. <laughs> yes, I've got my newest of the guilty pleasures from two thousand four. 51st Dates, uh, directed by Peter Seagal, starring Adam Sandler, Drew Barrymore, Rob Schneider, Sean Astin. Uh, this was nominated for the 2004 The Stinker's Bad Movie Awards, <laughs> Worst Fake Accent for a Female, uh, Lucia Struss. And I forget if I mentioned it, but Rotten Tomatoes score of 45%. So mm. <clears throat> this, man... At the core of this movie, there's such a moving story. And if you just remove an element or two and kind of turn this thing just slightly, you could have like a seriously great uh, romantic drama. Um, That's not what we got. (laughs) We're living in this timeline, but it's still a lot of fun. And one of my all-time favorite rom-coms, I don't remember if I included this in our rom-com list, but it's, it's definitely on there for me. Um, I think of the three pairings um, being this blended and the wedding singer of Drew Barrymore and Adam Sandler, this is my favorite. I know a lot of people lean heavily on wedding singer. I don't like that as much, but um 
the setting, the unique concept where this is somebody that uh, can't remember. Um, basically, she was in a car accident and she can't remember anything um, beyond that day. So, like, any new yeah. information, she just does not retain. And so it's, if you know this is your person and you're falling in love with them, what what can you do? How do, What does that look like? How do we move beyond? And uh, those are interesting questions. It does have the typical Adam Sandler humor in it. Not <laughs> as much, but it's still there. And hey, I dig that. I'm a, I'm a Sandler guy. Um, the one thing that really does not hold up for me, uh, I actually kind of find it pretty offensive, is um, Rob Schneider plays a Hawaiian guy in this. Yeah. And he's totally... You know, bronze. I don't know if it was paint or whatever, but like brown, and he's you know calling people howly, and which is the the term for white people, and uh, doing half English, half uh, Hawaiian language, and he's got fully Hawaiian kids. Uh, Why not just cast a Hawaiian guy? I know, I know, Schneider's his buddy. That's the real answer, and that's why he got the casting. But uh, it's kind of offensive, Um, you know, kind of along the lines of blackface or any other stereotype that was uh, previously displayed in cinema. So disappointing to see that. Um, And Schneider doesn't seem to be a a great guy to begin with anyway, but beyond that um, really enjoyable movie for me. And uh, it's, um, I'm not going to lie. I get a little misty eyed sometimes when I watch it. Uh, This is, this is one I probably revisit every couple years. Um, the soundtrack also has some some bangers on here, um, some remakes of older songs, and some that um, uh, are just good. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. Have you have you seen Fifty First Dates? You know, there's there's definitely a hole in my Adam Sandler material, and it's anything after. Wow. Yeah, it's anything after I think two thousand or whatever. Uh, not Mr. Deeds, the other one where he's got to be a parent. Um, what was whatever? Mm. I forget what that one. Spanglish? No, the the one where he's Click? the kid. No, he's got to take care of the kid, but the kid's a little jerk. Oh, Big Daddy. Big Daddy, yeah, yeah. So, like, yeah. that was, you know, I mean, I've seen some others, but, yeah, it, it's funny how much Adam Sandler and Ben Affleck have showed up on these lists um, today. Sean Astin's um, twice Sean Astin and Paulie Shore, too. I forgot about the honorable <laughs> yeah, mentions yeah. there for, uh, for those got two. got repeat offenders. Yeah. Um, yeah, this one, when we were talking earlier and I mentioned Encino Man, was, was one you can maybe convince me to watch. I think this would probably be, you know, the one as far as those early 2000s rom-coms that, you know, probably don't hold over super well in certain areas, like you mentioned. But uh, could you know at least have a little bit of you know moving parts to it? I mean, Click is another perfect example for me where I was thinking about that one on my long list um, as a, as an Adam Sandler choice of just a movie that I remember seeing and was in love with, and then you know um, I think it just didn't make the cut for me. Uh, but yeah, no, this this one. Uh, I mean, Drew Barrymore. I mean, you know, uh, she's got a talk show now. I mean. You know some some negative things from that, but uh, mm. you know uh, I've always liked her in movies. So yeah, this one would be you know the probably the most watchable one uh, for me in regards to uh, the choices from you. Uh, in regards to that, I would put money down. And the beginning because Drew Barrymore doesn't come in right away. She's yeah. she's in maybe like mm, fifteen or twenty minutes in, I think. Yeah, but I would put money down if you and Jill watched this. And she she watched up till when Drew Barrymore came in, and then after, yeah, she could get through that beginning. 
she would enjoy this movie. Yeah, 100 sure. I think. Like, yeah. I'm not saying she would love it, but I bet she would enjoy yeah. it. No, you're probably not wrong. Uh, great choice by you um, in regards to what I think. Uh, Thanks. I think th- this would be the one I, w- I would seek out for you. Nice. National Treasure, right, 50 First Dates. It sounds like a night. Let's have it. Hell yeah. Hey, let's throw in some man on fire, too. Hey. We'll make it a day. <laughs> Triple um, Yes. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of our guilty pleasures list. Uh, anything for the peeps before we go? No, thanks so much for listening, guys. Uh, let us know what your guilty pleasure movies are. Um, I would. Uh, it's always good to hear what people, uh, bad movies that people like, uh, even if you don't like them or you know haven't seen them. Um, it's just uh, it's it's a fun subject to talk about. So thanks, thanks so much for listening, and uh, I hope you guys aren't feeling very Anakin Skywalker about sand because coming your way soon, uh, more sand. So. Uh, I'll give you a little hint and teaser for, for our next episode. Yeah, man. Uh, I guess you could say we're really doing it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, look at you. Wow. We're crushing it. I'm here for the yucks. Uh, okay. Well, thank you guys so much. Um, as always for listening, we love you guys. Stay safe. Have fun. We'll catch you in two weeks from hands and Harry and myself. Uh, we'll see you next time. But as always, make sure you live spicy. spicy.